Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. Nearly 10 months after her arrest and incarceration there, WNBA star Brittany Griner is headed home. Do you know where I'm heading to? No. No? No. no. You fly back home to, to the U.S. What's your mood? Happy. <laughs> she sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so... <laughs> A lot of this, like a lot of things in America, are driven by the fact that this young person is not white and is not straight. Most of the people that are criticizing this are pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine. A big, big fault in American culture. I doubt it. You are fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Very fake news. Let's go, Brandon. That's a big game, man. I agree with that. What the, who the fuck made this shit up? Fuck around and find out. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. And you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. The long national nightmare of a grinder-free WNBA is over. She is back and ready to dominate games that you won't watch anyway. I saw the Babylon Bee headline that uh, Griner is returning to a quiet life of, of obscurity as a WNBA player. And I thought, that's not even satire. That's just fact. But yeah. that's why they're so good. Is They blur <laughs> that line effectively. Of course, uh, she has been swapped for Russian arms dealer Victor Boot, who just did an interview with RT over the weekend. And I got to say, I'm no expert on his criminal history, his criminal career. I am not going to say that it's a good thing that he's out or something like that. But I listened to this interview and I think he's not wrong. The things that he's saying in this interview are not wrong. I was sort of surprised listening to it. We'll get to that uh, once uh, once we get into that segment. Just talking about how he actually got along with Americans in prison and about how a lot of the hostility between the countries is a product of propaganda rather than uh, something that's authentic and how we're losing our Christian values uh, again, not a not an endorsement of Boots' career, but just another example of, hey, maybe the reality of the situation is a little bit different than the media filter of it. So we'll talk about what he had to say. And uh, uh, plus, um, we have three more rounds of Twitter files that were released over the last few days, detailing shocking. <laughs> yeah, m- more uh, demonstration of everything that you suspected or knew to be true, just additional evidence for it. Um. <laughs> 
But uh, of course, detailing internal discussions about Twitter's shadow banning and uh, the banning of Trump after January 6th. Plus, Elon Musk implies that he wants Fauci prosecuted. So I know I've been very critical of uh, Elon Musk lately. If he's successful in prompting a Fauci prosecution, I will get back on the Elon Musk train if he oh, makes yeah. that happen. Oh, yeah. Unless I don't get forgiven. my Twitter account back. Everybody's coming back. I saw. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw uh, before I went live, I uh, I follow or followed Baked Alaska before he was banned. He's he's back on Twitter as of today. What is this about? I thought he was in January 6th jail. Isn't he? I thought he was uh, locked up, but apparently not. Dude, Baked Alaska, Andrew Anglin is back. Supposedly. <laughs> anyway, uh and uh, mystery of the year. We'll get into this. Uh, that soccer journalist who bravely wore a rainbow shirt at the World Cup in Qatar, as I'm supposed to pronounce it. But I like Qatar. Anyway, um, what happened to that guy? Was it another Khashoggi style Islamic assassination or was it death by Pfizer or something else? Yeah. Clot shot. Yeah. We will uh, consider all the factors. Plus, we have hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And before we're done, tonight's movie review is Gremlins. So stick around for that. Plus, we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale over on the website. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. At Sonoran Defense Technologies, we understand that the two-way industry is a unique community with people from all walks of life who come together over the love of firearms and freedom. We also know that control and comfort when it comes to your firearms and gear is absolutely crucial. As such, we produce advanced stippling that provides a great-looking design with the performance to match. You will maintain a positive grip during even the most demanding situations, whether on duty or EDC. Sonoran Defense is renowned for our precision laser stippling on OEM Glock frames and CZ P0709s, which provides both aesthetic profiles and performance enhancements that are far superior to what factory textures provide the shooter. We also pride ourselves on great customer service and response time. We stand by all of our work and simply do not cut corners. It has to be perfect every time. Learn more about our brand and the full range of products and services at SonoranDefense.com. And remember, Sonoran doesn't just make the coolest custom Glocks around. They can custom laser engrave magazines, knives, drinkware. They even laser engraved the artwork on the very PC that's streaming this show right now. Get 10% off everything from our friends at Sonoran Defense using promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z at checkout at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners. Quick update on the christmas and new year's show schedule you may be aware both christmas and new year's are sundays this year which will obviously impact the show's schedule we have to modify a little bit but not much uh we're going to do a special pre-christmas stream on friday night december 23rd 
same time as usual, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Then we will be off for the week between Christmas and New Year's. So no call-in show on Wednesday, December 28th. And then we will do a Sunday show as normal on January 1st to welcome in the new year, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Other than those changes, all other streams will continue as normally scheduled. Well, he just can't stop. Uh, or I guess this isn't a new one. He just got caught. Not, in he just got old caught one. again. Yeah. But he, this is a habit for the trans or non-binary nuke guy, Sam Britton. Biden's the other one happened in September, guy. right? I think so. This well, this one in Vegas happened in July, but the Minneapolis yeah. one happened when? I think it was in September. Okay. Regardless, he's been caught for both now. And then the Minneapolis one was the reason that he, that he got caught doing this. At least partially, laughing. yeah. <laughs> so he's facing up to five years in prison for stealing luggage in Minnesota and now up to 10 years in prison for stealing another bag in Nevada. A felony warrant was issued for Sam Brinton. Um, the charges for grand larceny with a value between $1,200 and $5,000. So he did the same thing with this one, although he checked a bag this time. So maybe he'd learned from from previously. I don't know. which. And this Vegas one was jewelry, it sounds like. So last time he stole high-end clothes, this time Mm -hmm. it was mostly jewelry. Yes, but they could tell from the camera footage that he was engaging in in, um, luggage theft, like luggage theft behavior because he grabbed his bag and then he like looked around and then he grabbed another bag, checked the tag, put it back on, (laughs) <laughs> and then like looked around to see if anybody did anything and then he got it again. Yeah. Um so yeah, the reason that he got caught, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at this today. Police reviewed security camera footage and observed, quote, a white male adult wearing a white t-shirt with a large rainbow colored atomic nuclear symbol sign. Yeah. And then and then he posted a selfie on Instagram of him wearing the same shirt. <laughs> yeah, so Apparently, this was something of a cold case for a few months in Vegas. They had this surveillance footage of Sam Brinton. Well, they had surveillance footage of somebody. They didn't know who taking this bag, wearing this nuclear atomic symbol uh, trans pride flag shirt. After the news broke of the Minneapolis incident, they thought, hey, uh, the guy we're looking for looks kind of like Sam Brinton. So they went to Sam Britton's Instagram and yeah, lo and behold, a selfie of him wearing the clearly identifiable <laughs> t-shirt. And you think like, well, what a, what a dumbass. That's one possible explanation for this behavior. The other no, explanation he thinks is he's above the law. Yeah. An asshole. Yeah. It, it's like you can't, you're so narcissistic. You're so self-absorbed. Uh, you can't possibly go a day without posting a selfie, even when doing that places you at the scene of the crime that you're committing. I know, I know. That is someone who not just thinks he's above the law, but knows it. And that's why I, I'm i not expecting prison time here. Although, who knows? Maybe lock him up in Minnesota he's with Derek Chauvin and see time. what happens. They're going to sweep hilarious. this under the rug. Like they do everything, nothing's going to happen to him. Hmm. Well, uh, I, 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 I guarantee there are other examples out there, too. This is not the only two times that's happened. So maybe more will surface. Uh, we've watched for a long time as Corrine Jean-Pierre, the, the White House press secretary, has painfully read her answers to questions at White House press conferences. She has an entire binder full of prepared answers, and she reads them word for word uncomfortably frequently. This is how she does her job. 
This week, she made it even more embarrassing, though. She read the wrong answer to the question, as in she read a prepared answer that was not meant for that question. A reporter asked about New Hampshire Senator Gene Shaheen being upset that Biden has endorsed a Democratic Party plan to change the order in which states vote in the primary. That would put South Carolina ahead of New Hampshire. There's some diversity reason they have for this. Uh, There's more black people in South Carolina and they want more black people to vote early. That's the apparent reasoning as far as I understand. That's why New Hampshire might get punished and South Carolina might get promoted anyway. That's what the reporter was asking about. And Corinne Jean-Pierre started answering the question uh, by, well, she, she started by saying, I can't answer that question for legal reasons. But then she continued on reading a completely unrelated answer to the question. Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. She's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put South Carolina in New Hampshire. Does the president have a response to that? So look, um, we honor uh, we honor the Hatch Act as I as I mentioned many times before here as we are talking about a potential election in 2020 uh, for uh, presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was was uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry, I think I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> we take the law very seriously here. Okay. I mean. I hate her a lot, but I also really like this is the job that I I just could not do. This this seems like just the worst job on the planet. I would rather clean oh, out it. sewers. I like, wouldn't want to propagandize on behalf of a president I support with all my heart, let alone somebody with uh, a loose connection with the truth. Um, she's she's a paid liar, and everybody who goes to that podium at some level has to be a paid liar. That is yeah, part of the job. I don't know However, why I have sympathy for. She really to fucked be up. quote unquote good at it. You need to have the issue familiarity mm-hmm. at for hand sure, yeah. to be able to just speak to things mostly off the cuff. Now, you, for communications reasons, you might want to have bullet points and talking points mm-hmm. that you uh, are going to recite. But this demonstrates not only reliance on the script, but at some level, an inability to think critically about what you're even saying as you say it. Now, in fairness to her, she only got a couple sentences deep, but she's reciting lines about Trump in 2020 when the question is about how are Democrats going to select their candidates in 2024 and beyond? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe that was the scripted answer. I don't know. But the, well, Trump did this. That, in fairness, not answering the question and deflecting to Trump is their go-to strategy. So maybe she actually maybe this wasn't even a mistake. Although she she acknowledged it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when she references the Hatch Act, what she means is that she's not allowed to talk about political campaign matters as part of her official presidential duties. Those have to be strictly separate, legally speaking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it uh, what. If, you know, it's, she did a wonderful job of not answering the question at the end of the day, which is her. Well, which is her usual, job. Yeah. Usual I, mean, thing. I shouldn't give her a break. They were just terrible to Sarah Huckabee Sander and um, Kaylee McEnany. Yeah. Kaylee McEnany just had a baby. And like, you should see the comments on her Twitter. As in they're critical or what? We hate you they're still. Hor- yeah. yeah. And like horrible things about her baby. You know, it's <laughs> really bad. People are still have like a vitriolic hatred for her. So I suppose we should give Jean-Pierre the same treatment. 
Uh, yeah, I, I guess we have to. Anyway, uh, in completely unsurprising news, speaking of electoral politics, incumbent Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker in the final election of the midterm. The Georgia Senate runoff, the difference was about 1.8 percent or just under 100,000 votes. That means the Democrats gained a seat in the Senate, a wildly improbable result for a midterm under such an unpopular president and under such poor economic conditions, specifically mm-hmm. And um, and and you must believe that's just because of a, a very bad Senate map for Republicans and very bad Senate candidates for Republicans. Just pick better candidates next time and it's all going to work out. Think John Fetterman, the sort of person who can actually win. We just need a conservative John Fetterman to run in every single state. Democrats <gasps> went 14 and 0 in defending their Senate seats and picked up Pennsylvania. Just how uncommon is that result? Uh, it's apparently the best midterm Senate result for an incumbent president dating dating back to FDR, 90 years or 88, almost 90 years. So everyone hates Joe Biden, yet somehow he keeps not just succeeding, but succeeding historically. Most votes ever. Best midterm performance uh, for an incumbent president, at least in the last century or, or so. And any questioning of this phenomenon is, of course, election denial. Don't believe your eyes. Uh, it's all totally <laughs> legit. Moving on. Uh, it, it may not be as easy for Senate Democrats to make the moves that they want, though, at least possibly, though, in all likelihood. I don't think this is going to matter. But Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema has announced she is leaving the Demo- uh, Democratic Party and is going independent Cinema says she and a growing number of Arizonans don't feel well represented by either party. As a practical matter, not clear it's going to change much. Cinema, of course, has been a thorn for Democrats already, refusing to support at least their largest spending packages and some other issues. She will presumably continue that same voting habit, uh, just with a different letter next to her name. Reports say committee assignments in the Senate will remain the same, including Cinema herself retaining her personal committee assignments. Subpoena power will remain the same. Approval for judicial nominees will remain the same. Most likely, this is just a move for Cinema to avoid the primary challenge that was coming her way in 2024. She can now run for re-election in Arizona without going through that process. If she were to lose a Democrat primary... She would have a decision to make about whether to run as an independent, possibly leave the Democratic Party from a position of weakness. This decision now puts the burden on the Democratic Party to decide if they want to run a candidate to oppose her, which, of course, risks splitting the vote and handing that seat to a Republican. So she puts the Democrats as a party in a bind as opposed to putting herself in a bind come the next the uh, next election cycle. I I don't think this is going to change how the. The Senate works as a governing body. I think it's just going to change how the election in Arizona plays out in two years. So uh, much, much ado about maybe not nothing, but much ado about not much. I would say in that particular story, Um, perhaps uh, speaking of congressional politics, perhaps the military vaccine mandate is over potentially. Uh, The House has passed the National Defense Authorization Act, the annual budget for the Defense Department. The Senate will consider the bill before it goes to the president, assuming it passes the Senate. 
What makes this bill most notable is it rescinds the COVID vaccine mandate for the military. Biden is calling that move a mistake, but he's also not saying uh, if he will sign the bill or not because of that provision. And of course, don't get your hopes too high. As far as I've seen, this bill does not offer any remedy to those military members who were punished for refusal to get the vaccine up to and including, of course, discharge for a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And then what about the uh, adverse health effects of the vaccine, too? Oh, the, well, people are going to have no recourse. They've military or not, none lives. of us have any recourse on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we're proud the- of ourselves, though, aren't you? When well, you look I, back at this at this uh, mind control campaign that we were able to resist the urge to get vaccinated. Yeah, although I will <laughs> certainly clarify that neither one of us had some boss threatening our livelihoods to to get it, and so I'd like to think I still would not have gotten it. I would hope that I wouldn't, um, but I understand why people in a breadwinning situation for their families think, okay, if I have to take a risk to continue to provide for my family, that's a risk that I will take, and I get that. I, I get it too, but you know, you can't provide for your family anymore if you're dead. Well, that doesn't happen. And certainly not to Grant Wall. So right. I don't even sure. know what we're talking about. His heart totally didn't explode. <laughs> no, it was the Kashagi assassins got him. This is very clear. Uh, also recall, as I discussed, uh, I think last week, uh, the Air Force's mandate is on hold for those requesting religious exemption, as it appears the Air Force just refused effectively all religious exemption requests really so the air force for now all those guys who it's some ten thousand airmen who requested exemption for religious reasons that's not being imposed on them for the time being so maybe they just run out the clock here um as far as what else is in this bill some critics also uh will note there is something of a gun control provision snuck into the bill it's a so-called safe storage provision that of course refers to the storage of firearms within a residence or a personal space. Um, and this is in the context of the military, of course, as written, this provision is simply something to provide locking devices or safes to military members for the storage of personal firearms. Participation in the program as it's defined in this bill is voluntary. So the worry about the, about this provision is more about the direction in which it leads and what comes next rather than this specific provision. But of course, voluntary test programs often become mandatory programs given enough yeah. time. So I understand the, uh, the concern and it's just something to keep an eye on. Also on the gun control front, uh, there was that sweeping ballot measure that was passed in Oregon. It would require a state issued license to even buy a gun ban on magazines over 10 rounds and much more within that uh, particular forthcoming law an oregon state judge issued a temporary restraining order over potential violations of the oregon state constitution and its right to bear arms the challenge was brought by gun owners of america who i will add continued to do the meaningful legal work that the nra often does not or will not Uh, another challenge in federal court postponed the licensure requirement in oregon for 30 days all this was said to take effect on the 8th which was what Thursday check my, I think it was Thursday. Yes. Uh, so for in a couple different lawsuits, a lot of this has been postponed, but the federal judge declined to suspend the entirety of this new law. The Oregon state attorney's uh, attorney general's office says they will appeal. So it's unclear how long the pause on this, uh, on this new law will be. 
and if it will take effect. For the time being, it is paused. But uh, Godspeed to our listeners in Oregon. It's, yeah. uh, I was looking at the results here. I forget. Uh, yeah, here it is. The final vote, the, the final result of the vote was 50.6 in favor to 49.4 against. So a difference of just over 1%. And again, what makes this this so disheartening to me this isn't a case of kathy hochel or gavin newsom or these insane legislators uh just shoving something down your throat Mm -hmm. this was a case of oregon citizens voting to strip rights away from their fellow oregon citizens yep Mm -hmm. and to have it to have that happen under any context is disheartening because it shows we don't take our constitutional rights seriously but to have it to have it by such a slim margin and then to to try to enforce that if we're going to actually have this thing go into effect and we're going to start start talking about uh enforcement mechanisms say in rural eastern oregon that came from portland and eugene you're gonna have some problems and so we'll see how this this plays out it's uh it's discouraging but perhaps there will be a victory in court and hey, if we need a little encouragement, just remember Brittany Griner is back and everyone is applauding this development. Oh, great, yeah. Great I'm moment super for jazzed the country. About this. Uh, by now, you've surely heard. But uh, of course, Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, it was announced that the Biden administration has agreed or had agreed to a prisoner swap with Russia, freeing jailed WNBA player. I guess I'm supposed to say jailed WNBA superstar. I think that's the appropriate journalistic term, as though that's not a contradiction. I don't don't even know. Well, by WNBA standards, yes. (laughs) Isn't she shitty by WNBA standards? No, no, she's very good by WNBA standards on account of being a freak six foot nine woman alone. I didn't even know that was possible. But is she good by, say, like pick up basketball in any city center in the country standards? No, she's not. Anyway, uh, of course, she was uh, jailed in a or she was uh, detained in a Russian penal colony. She was uh, released in exchange for Russian arms dealer Victor Boot, who has been returned back to the Russians. I did a more detailed uh, breakdown of the story in a video that I posted yesterday, so I won't revisit all of that. But of course, Griner was being held for carrying hash oil for for her vape pen into Russia right. in February, where she was going to play basketball. As in professionally, she also she, she plays in the winter or the spring in Russia and the WNBA is in the United States in the summer. Victor Boot has been in U.S. federal prison since 2012 after getting busted by undercover feds in Bangkok for conspiring to kill Americans. Boot is also accused of arming Al Qaeda, the Taliban and other American enemies with his cargo company that he used to move military supplies after the fall of the Soviet Union. Russian state media released video of Griner on the plane. Uh, she was not immediately aware of where she was going. What's your mood? Uh, happy. <laughs> Are you ready for a flight? Uh, yes. Do you know where I'm heading to? No. No? No. 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 You fly back home? To, to the U.S. To the U.S. Okay. Okay. Everything will be fine. Is that Dave Chappelle? Or Pete Davidson. That was the other. <laughs> There's a lot of lookalikes. Yeah. Uh, all, her long dreads were shaved because of the cold Russian weather. Oh, why would you shave your hair because of cold weather, though? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But <laughs> yeah, that's she needs that. That's what they're saying. A blanket of dreads. 
Yeah, it seems like it would keep you warm. Anyway, the two prisoners were actually exchanged face to face in Abu Dhabi in the UAE. They uh, briefly met on the tarmac. There's also footage of that encounter. The clip provided, and I think this is as provided by Russian state media, cuts right beforehand. But it appears you can see a little bit of a lunge right where it cuts. It appears that Griner and Boot were right about to shake hands. Right there, and then they cut. And yes, the tallest person, the tallest Bigfoot in this frame is uh, WNBA star. Asterisk on the W, Brittany Griner. Oh, that height is so wasted on a woman. <laughs> That's freak territory even for a man. I I went back and revisited the, the clip of her trying to dunk live on SportsCenter that we watched. <laughs> And she couldn't do it multiple times in a row. And I'm thinking, you're six nine. Like you I don't know. even have to jump, I bet. Yeah. To reach the rim. Anyway, uh Griner is currently at uh, an army hospital in Texas. Brooke Army Medical Center in San Antonio, uh, said to be healthy and in good spirits while she undergoes routine medical checks. No word yet on the official results of the much anticipated testicle check. I've not seen <laughs> any reports to confirm. Maybe we'll get that soon. Of course, the deal excluded uh, Paul Whelan, an American cybersecurity worker, an ex-Marine who has been in Russian prison since 2018, convicted on espionage charges after the Russians say they caught him red handed receiving a flash drive full of classified information. I don't know. I haven't looked into all the details of that, but you were saying it was like photos of a church or something. That's yeah, that's what I read. Uh, But I am unsure that there was any specific correspondence that would indicate that he was collecting uh, meaningful information. Hmm. It was just photos of churches, but it was on a flash drive, which is suspicious. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's a weird mode to transfer data anymore, unless you want it to be ultra private. If you're just looking to share photos, flash drive gets it done, but it's not the most efficient, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, uh, whether or not he is guilty of what the the Russians accuse him of, uh, there's, you know, there's still going to be the rightful effort, I think, to get him out of there. And uh, the White House pissed off he is right now. Well, he's he's disappointed. That's the (laughs) what? Anyway, never mind. I was going to go through the uh, the meme of levels of white rage and where he's at. <laughs> he's at disappointed and not quite to hold on a minute. But OK, bucko. Yeah, he's not quite there. He's just disappointed. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the White House is sending everyone out on the media rounds to say there was no choice between recovering Griner and recovering Waylon. The only person the the Russians would give up was Griner, though there is some conflicting information on that choice. I discussed that in detail in the video I posted yesterday. NBC published and then Stealth edited a report that originally said the Russians gave Biden a choice between Whalen and Griner and Biden chose Griner. Either way, Paul Whalen is disappointed. He spoke with a CNN reporter after the deal and said, quote, I am greatly disappointed that more has not been done to secure my release, especially as the four year anniversary of my arrest is coming up and perhaps you think that Waylon, given his military career or given the nature of the charges or just maybe given the nature of his appreciation for his country 
in contrast to Brittany Griner, whatever there, or maybe you just, I shouldn't undersell the other side of this too. Maybe you think it's not a great idea to send out guys who have been arming Al Qaeda and the Taliban back to where they could possibly do that. A lot of reasons you might question whether this was a good trade. We got weed smoking America hating WNBA lady in exchange for guy who gave a lot of Soviet era AKs and other weapons to people who aren't friendly to the U.S. I know. So just a sampling of possible criticisms or objections you could have. But if you have any of that criticism, if you subscribe to any of that, well, the only reasons you do is because you're racist, you're homophobic, you're pro-Putin and or you're anti-Ukraine. This, according to James Carville, Democratic strategist on CNN, I swear he seems like he gets the faults of the Democratic Party often. I've heard him say sensibly critical things of the Democratic Party frequently. Yeah, he doesn't lack self-awareness, but he's still a Democrat. Well, then he falls completely in line with the preposterous talking points of the party. And I can't even believe he's saying this seriously. But here he is. A lot of this, like a lot of things in America, are, are, are driven by the fact that this young person is not white and is not straight. And if you don't believe that, you're not in tune with American politics. I'm sorry. I, it, this is something that just has to be said. And by, another he, thing I'd make is most of the people that are criticizing this, not all, are pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine. This has exposed a big, a big, big fault in American culture. Well, if I was pro-Putin, wouldn't I want, I don't, I don't even understand the pro-Putin angle. I guess Putin right. is stoked to get boot back but then wouldn't i be in favor of the deal if yeah i i don't even understand how it's pro-putin to criticize the deal if anything this deal right there this deal helps putin putin wanted boot back anyway i i I won't waste time trying to break that down we're far enough in the culture war that people have graduated beyond defending themselves for for being racist or anything like that. So I fail to see why he would levy any of these supposed criticisms at anybody anyway. Like all those things he just said, I'm like, I'm all those things. Awesome. (laughs) Guilty as charged, Carville. Yeah, like who was he even talking to? (laughs) The left, they just, on all their news channels, they just jerk each other off. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Jim Acosta just nodding his head. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Essie Cup, but I haven't seen the full segment, so I shouldn't be unfair to them. Perhaps they offered thoughts contrary. When is the vaccine going to kill all of these people? (laughs) I saw a great meme earlier today that was uh, just the the yes, Chad meme guy looking at an NPC stabbed with a million syringes. And they're each thinking, why aren't you dead yet? (laughs) Yes, I know. Yeah, I know. I watched. um, What what is it called? The documentary. Just watched it. It Died suddenly. But I haven't seen it yet. I need to watch it. It's so fantastic. And so I was like, all right, this is really going to happen. It's really going to happen. But I don't know. I don't I don't know anybody that's died. So I'm having major cognitive dissonance about this. Oh. But I don't know anybody that's died from COVID either. Maybe the whole thing is a psyop. Both ends. I have very thoroughly considered that. Huh. Well, returning to our Griner and Boot discussion. Uh, here's another racist, homophobic concern about the deal that you may have. The involvement of the Saudis. Now, per a CBS reporter, we know that this deal has been in place for at least a week's time. CBS says they knew about the deal the Thursday prior. 
So this was announced on the 8th. They knew uh, December 1st that this was going to happen, but they agreed to a White House request not to report anything to protect the integrity of the deal. A request I'm sure CBS would have honored for a Republican president or an orange president if such a thing were developing. Hmm. Uh, so the, de- the details of this deal have been ironed out for at least a week's time. Now, this lines up with the timing of uh, uh, another what at the time seemed like a weird development, but in this context, it makes some sense. Recall the White House also announced two weeks ago that Saudi Arabia is officially not responsible for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi in 2018, or at least that was what you would infer based on Biden granting bin Salman immunity in a lawsuit related to Khashoggi's death. Right. This despite Biden saying that Saudi Arabia is a pariah state because of the killing of, of Khashoggi. This despite Biden over the summer insisting that when he met the famous fist bump meeting, when he met with Ben Salman, that he, he said face to face, you're responsible for the killing of Khashoggi. Of course, I'm Ben sure Salman's did, yeah. people said, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. But Biden has always played this tough guy against Ben Salman saying, I blame him for Khashoggi. And then he just did a reversal and said, you know what? Not really his fault. We can't really hold him accountable. What can you do? That seems a little weird just out of nowhere. Well, it turns out the Saudis were mediating negotiations between the White House and the Russians. So it would appear that not only did we get a a questionable prisoner swap deal, but we also paid a fee to the Saudis in the form of completely backing off what made them a pariah state, as this president called them in the first place. So if that's accurate, and I'll grant it's a little bit speculative, that's just putting the pieces together. Nobody's formally announced that as far as I've seen. But just putting the pieces together, if that's what happened, this is surrender on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. I get a kick out of the Biden administration people saying, well, you know, these uh, that's just the terms that Russia gave us. This was the only deal we could get. You know, you are allowed to say no, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an option. It's just a, it's a, it's a point that grants weakness, that grants that we consider this situation only in the terms that russia presents to us it doesn't show a willingness to define and even impose the terms on them right yeah this would be another example of that and what did we get out of all of that bending the knee to the saudis bending the knee to the russians and we got Brittany griner yeah out of the deal great yeah i mean um we're being revealed as this weak joke of a country to other nations and it it has to be a positive development. I mean, how long could this uh, go on? This, this farce that we're united and that we're, we're strong. It's just so ridiculous. You know, who else sees through it is Victor boot. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to discuss this interview segment. He did an interview with RT over the weekend. Again, can't say I'm familiar with all the details of his gun smuggling career. Seems like he did some bad stuff. Not an endorsement of his history at all. Yeah, but he's shooting uh, also, some truth. I also don't know the likelihood of whether he will try to arm people who would attack the U.S. again or not. Um, but but I can't say that he's completely wrong in his reaction and his description of the U.S. He says he doesn't hate America. He got along well with Americans in prison. That conflict between the U.S. and Russia is really the result of propaganda from the elites and that the U.S. is losing its Christian values and more. Tell me where Boot is wrong in this commentary. Oh. Do you hate America? No. You know, in fact, I'm knowing many inmates 
I figure out we're sharing way more common. We are naturally born not to be enemies. And whenever there's conflict, it's elites. Every American I met in a prison who is from rural area was very easy to deal with. He has no problem with Russia and he was curious about Russia, despite all propaganda. They're losing their Christian values. They're losing their families. They're losing literally their countries. It's not anymore the same country. We knew America who used to be a model for entire world and lead and be an example. That's so based. Should we be giving arms to the Taliban? <laughs> Again, the reason he was in prison is is because he got caught by feds in Bangkok posing as Colombian revolutionaries who wanted guns and they said they wanted to shoot down American pilots. And he said, we have the same enemy. That is the basis for his conviction and imprisonment. So whatever's going on here, um, I, it, it seems like he likes America more than Brittany Griner does. I'll give yeah. him that. Yeah, I'll know. take that guy. Fine. I will cock on arming the Taliban, though, though nobody does that better than Joe Biden. Victor Booth That's has true. not armed yeah. the Taliban as well as Joe Biden has. I, I, oh, yeah. I would bet on that. Yeah. So agreed. if we're going to talk about arming the Taliban as a measure of evil and as a sub point, I'm not I, I don't want to hear not that I ever did, but lectures about gun safety and gun control when you gave over billions of dollars of weaponry that American citizens are not allowed to own to our enemies yeah. in the Taliban. Yep. But you also let the guy who is apparently, or at least as is the basis for his conviction, one of the biggest global arms smugglers in the world. <laughs> he can just go home and smuggle arms some more if he wants, but I need to be lectured about what's in my gun safe. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is, uh, this is, is this full clown with. world? Are, are you converted yet? Well, of course I, of course I am an avid viewer of clown world. It's just, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what are we going to do about it? That's that, that is the question, right? Well, what can we do, but let things collapse. I, at this rate, I will probably get busted at a meeting in Bangkok as well. And then I'll understand yeah, really? how all of this we have happens. the same enemy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got some time before the top of the hour. I don't think um, we will get through all of the Twitter files, but let's talk about the uh, Twitter files releases. Holy shit. And maybe you we'll know, take some breaks. We'll you would break think that this would be validating, but it, it, this, it, like everything else that's released that we already knew was happening, everybody that already knew what was going on already knew what was going on. So this is not revelatory or anything like that. Yeah. And everybody else still either doesn't give a shit or they're denying that this is happening at all anyway. So I don't feel like this is really making waves in the way that I thought it was going to. Well, no, I, I didn't expect it to, actually. So I'm not the, disappointed. The strategy seems to be just don't talk about it at all. There has been almost no, as we'll get to, almost no mainstream media coverage of this at all, despite it being well beyond speculation at this point, like, like you mentioned. This is the Slack channel and other communications saying, yeah, uh, here's us talking about all that shit that they said we were doing and us actually doing it. And uh, in many cases, as we'll get to acting in the cooperation of, or on behalf of, or at least with the participation of federal government actors. Yeah. No one cares. You can't even have the private company defense with which Corrine Jean-Pierre tried to go with. And we'll get to that as well. But the private company defense is, at least compromised with these releases because you have government actors involved and uh, there's very little interest, uh, but that that's why uh, we're going to talk about it instead. So 
the slow drip of uh, of Twitter files, as they're called, um, the releases have continued to come from journalists working with Elon Musk. And they're doing an excellent job releasing it, though. You remember uh, Julian Assange did did WikiLeaks like this, though. The I was going to say, I'm not a fan of this slow drip filtered through journalists. The presentation I've been less. Oh, than I love about, it. I think but, it's it's so well, it's a lot more manageable than WikiLeaks. Hmm. Um, and then so so more information, I, I guess the more pertinent information is getting out, although I don't really trust Barry Weiss. I, I guess the uh, the. Maybe the best way to do it is a combination of both. Give me a summary and also, also all the, the stuff. dump. Yeah. 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 But in any case, I, I, I shouldn't preface all of this with complaints because it is much better than the status quo. And I'll just shut the hell up about my nitpicking. So. Um, of course, the Twitter files are exposing internal communications about Twitter's most controversial censorship moves of recent years. This week, uh, we saw part two from Barry Weiss on shadow banning, part three from Matt Taibbi again after he released part one on the Hunter Biden laptop story suppression that we discussed last week. This one deals with what happened um, or part three rather deals with what happened in the uh, the months before Trump uh, was banned. On January 8th and part four is from Michael Schellenberger and that deals with the Trump banning itself. So let's start with the part two highlights, Barry Weiss and the shadow banning. Okay. um, So as we already knew, the employees of Twitter were building blacklists and they were preventing tweets from trending. And then they were limiting the visibility of entire accounts and trending topics all in secret without informing users. We knew this because things weren't auto-filling. Things we knew were trending were not trending. Um, And then people that had uh, very detailed statistics about their growth immediately were in a lull inexplicably despite the same amount of content creation. Um, So we already knew this was happening. Uh, But now it is confirmed. So a few examples that she named... Stanford's Dr. J. Bhattacharya. I'm butchering that, I'm sure. Um, He was talking about how COVID lockdowns would harm children. I think this was in like 2020. And Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist. There were screenshots. They literally called it trends blacklist. Yeah. Which prevented his tweets from trending that were doing really well. Um, Dan Bongino was on a search blacklist, also actually called that. And Charlie Kirk was on do not amplify, although I agree with that decision. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Based Twi- UL, am I right? <laughs> yeah, really. What, what a fucker. Um, Twitter denied that they were doing such things. In 2018, Vijay J, who at that time was head of legal policy and trust, and Kayvon Bakepour, which is head of product, who was head of product, said, quote, we do not shadow ban and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideologies. We knew that they were just looking at us and lying. Um, but I found this the most appalling. So libs of TikTok, which we already knew was shadow banned. Um, the chick got is it a chick? Ray chick? Yeah. Or is it a dude? It's okay. a, yeah, it's a woman. Um, she was doxxed. But before that happened, Um, They put her on some kind of suspension, like suspension after suspension um, for encouraging online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that gender affirming health care is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. But they couldn't shut down the account based on that. They just were giving her like back to back um, suspensions Mm. and shadow banning her and doing things like that. Now, when Raychek was doxxed last month. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet 
that has 10,000 likes. And when she reported the tweet, she got an email back saying that nothing um, had been violated. That's not insinuating or implying any kind of threat. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just about part two is just about shadow banning. It's it's exactly what we knew was happening. There isn't anything that I read in this that was surprising to me. Yeah, it's right there. As you mentioned, to emphasize, there are tags they're applying to accounts. Trends blacklist. All right. This yeah. person is going to be de-boosted. This person, even if they're posting things people engage with at very high rates, we are not going to allow our algorithm to push it to a large volume of users or new users, even though people find this content to be worthy of their time and engaging. Yeah. It's yeah. right there in ex- with explicit labels. It's not even a lot of this stuff is just Slack channels of employees talking about what if this, Hey, have you thought about that? In the case of the shadow banning, they have a process in place. So, okay. Yeah. And remember all these leftists were like, you guys are so paranoid. Like maybe your content just isn't important and people yeah. don't care about your content. So much gaslighting. Yeah. Well, part three shows discussions among Twitter personnel about bending enforcement rules prior to January 6th. But what's most notable is additional confirmation of Twitter personnel meeting with federal government officials for enforcement purposes. Twitter executives noted getting a kick out of uh, intensified relationships with federal agencies, according to Matt Taibbi, compiling this particular release of the files. After January 6th, internal Slack communication shows former trust and safety head Yoel Roth bragging about his very interesting meetings that certainly aren't with the FBI, he swears, obviously being sarcastic because that's exactly what is happening. Other documents suggest the FBI, DHS, DNI and other federal agencies met with Roth about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Taibbi says these meetings with federal alphabet agencies were weekly. So again, well, it's a private company, bro. They can do what they want. They're doing this in consultation with the federal government. And the best I could say, if you want to deny that accusation is say, well, you don't have evidence that they're doing it for ideological enforcement. What if it's just mm-hmm. to stop crimes in this release? I will grant that point. It doesn't say, Hey, uh, <laughs> Comey or Hey, uh, Christopher Ray, don't you hate conservatives and shouldn't we ban them? However, uh, we're, we're one step away from that. And, uh, as but that's we, not how they work. I mean, yeah. that's not how they would work. If you can't see the conflation of, viewpoint with terrorism in the context of january 6th and that's not to excuse the crimes that were committed on january 6th sure prosecute them although i don't think that uh, what's some it, minor trespassing yeah, i don't know if it, if it warrants disappearing grandmas into gulags for a month yeah. months at a time but yeah crimes were committed prosecute those the point is having a certain opinion and being in a certain place, even in the presence of like the general capital facility got people investigated not even inside the building if you can't see that conflation in that context, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, if we don't have that smoking gun in this one, that's that's coming. That that exists. I guarantee you that. Uh, part four is uh, from Michael Schellenberger during the uh, the week of January fourth through eighth. This is about Trump's banning on on January eighth, twenty twenty one. But during that week, January fourth through eighth, twenty twenty one, Jack. At the time, uh, the the CEO of Twitter, he was on vacation. So he delegated authority to Vijaya and Yoel on the Trump matter as it was developing. 
On January 7th, Jack emailed employees saying that Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies. And boy, oh boy, do people at Twitter get pissed off if there's any suggestion that Twitter should be consistent in its enforcement. Okay. <laughs> so that that prompted a lot of internal discussion uh, at, at Twitter on their Slack channels. And it prompted um, Yoel to freestyle some policy. So in response to Jack's email, Yoel assured another employee that people who care about this aren't happy, as in people who care about Trump getting banned aren't happy with Jack saying, whatever we do as far as an enforcement strategy, it needs to be consistent application of the rules, not special treatment for Trump. Well, they don't like that because it doesn't get the result that they wanted. So uh, Yoel and his team came up with a, with a new standard. Five strikes and you're out for a permanent suspension, which Yoel says Jack has approved. Another employee asked, asks if this change or if this changes the calculation for banning Trump and Yoel says it does not. Trump continues to have just one strike remaining. So of course, Trump was banned on January 8th and now Trump uh, uh, and uh, he was banned on January 8th rather for at the time, what they said was how Trump's tweets are being received and interpreted and they're being received and interpreted as incitement to violence. Now, of course that's a problem because Prior in 2019, Twitter had said that they can't uh, they can't enforce make enforcement decisions based on all possible interpretations of tweets. So if if you if you were to interpret an implied piece of incitement, that doesn't really make sense. Incitement, by definition, has to be more explicit. That was right. the standard. Now they say, ah, oh, we just uh, we just make it up and we say uh, if it's interpreted as an incitement, well then it's incitement. That was the route that they went with. One lower level employee vo voiced some concern about this move, about uh, just treating Trump, uh, tr uh, Trump's tweets as incitement, despite the fact that they couldn't. It, it relied on an interpretation, an implication rather than an explicit statement. And this lower level employee says this might be an unpopular opinion, but one off ad hoc decisions like this that don't appear rooted in policy are, in my humble opinion, a slippery slope and reflect an alternatively equally dictatorial problem. This now appears to be a fiat by an online platform CEO with a global presence that can gatekeep speech for the entire world, which seems unsustainable. I'm sure he was <laughs> immediately right. fired. Yeah. He doesn't work there anymore. Um, Twitter employees frequently use this term one-off or similar terms in, in their communication, either positively. Well, like it doesn't represent a pattern. Well, th what they mean is we're, in this context, either positively or negatively, like what we're doing to Trump is good or what we're doing to Trump is bad. When they're using language like that, it's acknowledging that it is a deviation from policy. Mm. And that sort of language was used frequently in the communication. Uh, after Trump's banning, Yoel continued and he wanted uh, certain terms to be uh, to be blacklisted. So these were terms that would be prohibited from trending or otherwise quote unquote shadow banned in the same way users were. Uh, he wanted his staff to blacklist the terms stop the steal and Kraken de-amplify those. That became a little bit of a problem because Kraken is also a cryptocurrency exchange. So they had to figure right. out how to differentiate between people talking about Sidney Powell's lawsuit that never really materialized versus I just want to talk about crypto. So apparently they, they did their best on that. Um, 
in, in communication with a sales executive, Yoel Roth again confirms in this specific case of Trump, we are changing our public approach for this account. Okay, so acknowledging again that the policy was created on the fly. And it turns out this wasn't quite a, uh, a one-off either because additional communication shows that uh, Yoel Roth was trying to do the same thing to Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida. Um, he, he was in the Slack channel. He was throwing around the idea of applying the same rationale to Matt Gates. Uh, he said, um, Yoel said, I said, it doesn't quite fit anywhere. Meaning what we did to Trump trying to do that to Matt Gates, but he said, he's trying to talk to the safety team, uh, and trying to talk them into treating Gates's tweets as incitement saying that Vijaya is okay with it. So. That's a summary of part four. I did see mentioned that part five was supposed to be released today again from Barry Weiss. I checked about an hour ago and I didn't see it Nothing. yet. It's possible that it's out Let now. Check. Um, you mentioned that um, Jack, uh, well, that Vijaya had denied shadow banning. Um, Jack did uh, as well in 2018. He posted an entire blog post on Twitter called uh, setting the record straight on shadow banning <laughs> is what he called it. Jack said, we don't shadow ban and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints. Nothing. That's the, on Barry that's the line Twitter. that, uh, Oh, thanks. That's the line that, uh, that Vijaya went with as well. Now, in fairness to Jack, that 2018 post was before the stuff that the Twitter files have revealed. It's possible that those policies really ramped up after that. And it does seem pretty clear based on everything that's released and even, Jack's appearance on on uh, Joe Rogan with Tim Pool with Vijaya that Jack had delegated a lot of power to Vijaya and Yoel. That doesn't excuse Jack, but I think it's a different criticism that he didn't understand what the people he appointed to do the management were doing. That's bullshit. He appointed them because he knew that they were going to behave like this. It's possible. Um, he was always ideologically driven, even when he had more power before he delegated well, the power. Twitter was still like this back in the day. He like Zuckerberg, uh, praised the merits of free speech philosophy and free speech yeah, principles. Really. Was he lying? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to deny the effect that it's had afterward, but I guess what I'm saying is I don't buy Jack as the ideologue that Vijaya and Yoel Roth appear to be. Jack is not that guy, although Jack apparently did nothing to stop them. In fact, he put them in positions of power to act on it. So he certainly deserves criticism for that. Yeah, I'm just not buying um, that he doesn't have any motive or understanding. Uh, yeah, he can't wash his hands of this. He did this. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Another detail earlier in the week. Uh, the biggest question is, why was James Baker working there still at all? But yeah. Elon Musk fired uh, the Look one of the head lawyers the at uh, at Twitter, James Baker, and James Baker is uh, formerly of uh, FBI career, and James Baker, the guy who's supposed to be helping them reveal all of these, in part, meetings with the FBI in the interest of transparency. We should let that guy review the files before we. I know. <laughs> so them. James Baker personally evolved in the FISA warrant application yeah. for Carter Page. Um, and then he was general counsel at the FBI, like key figure during the FBI investigation into this Russia gate nonsense. 
And then he was he was working at Twitter in, until yesterday or something. Why? Why was he not the first person fired? Oh, yeah. it was Tuesday he was fired. Well, I don't. That's what I don't understand is how was Elon Musk uh, apparently found some evidence or reason to believe that James Baker had uh, meddled with the Twitter files that he was reviewing prior to the release. Maybe he doesn't and, have to honor the severance package or something. No. Yeah, maybe there is some deeper move here. I there's some. Uh, I, I was listening to um, Dan Bongino talk about this, and he noted a, tw- a Twitter thread in which Mike Cernovich tweeted about James Baker to Elon Musk back in April. And Elon Musk replied saying, well, that doesn't sound so good. There is no way that Elon Musk didn't know who James Baker was and James ba- Jim, uh, right. James Baker, uh, his prior career. So maybe there is some angle here that we're not seeing. On the surface, it looks like an incredibly foolish move. Uh, not to By see Musk? That, yeah, to have James Baker involved. Oh, with for these, the delayed firing, right. To have James but, Baker then, involved in any way. Right, right. Yeah. And he was fired specifically because of his role in the handling of Hunter Biden's laptop. Correct. Yeah. The, the, when I'm sure there was the a multitude of reasons. There were a multitude of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so James Baker in one of the uh, leaked emails, I guess it's not leaked, but um, he said, I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked, the Hunter Biden materials. At this stage, however, it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been and that caution is warranted, and they ah. use that as a basis to withhold that information. It was obvious from day one that this was not hacked material, merely based on um, how it came into possession. Uh, they should have known. Everybody knew immediately yeah. that this was a le- the legit. Well, that's why it's so weird on a surface level. It's like, why does Elon have a guy who was directly involved in the suppression of the Hunter Biden story overseeing the release of materials that would offer transparency to the suppression of the Hunter Biden story. Why was that? Well, because he might, he might've been looking at some kind of litigation or something. I'm going to go ahead and trust that, um, that he did this for a reason or possibly I'm not understanding. And James Baker meddled without Elon Musk's knowledge or um, approval. But again, the question is why is James Baker still employed at Twitter? At Twitter. Yeah. 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 In any case, um, let's see. We just got a couple more points here. I know we're a little bit past the hour, so we will get to your chats momentarily. Thank you guys for your patience. Just a couple additional points I wanted to discuss on this on this topic. Um, asked a few times about the Twitter files this week, Kareem Jean-Pierre was customarily unprepared with uh, any sort of good answer. First, she said, you know what? It's just old news. It's just old news when you think about it. This is a reference to the first Hunter Biden story suppression release. Oh, wait, actually, that's the wrong clip. I was hold wondering on, if on. anyone in the Biden administration. That's, I want to get to that clip in a second. This is the right clip. We see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Okay. So what a dumb bitch. I mean, she's right. It is old news because well, everybody knew this was happening ages ago. The problem is when the story was current, it was Russian disinformation. Yeah. Now that it's exactly. old, it's irrelevant. So it's a very nice mm-hmm. game that you're playing. Yeah. We should adopt this, this standard that the left <laughs> uses. It's very uh, I effective. I mean, uh, people have a short attention span. We don't seize on it. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of lying though. I think it leads to bad places. We're going to have to lie. I'm going to cock on lying. <sighs> Sorry. Asked about the firing of James Baker, Karine Jean-Pierre said, uh, hey, these are the decisions of a private company. And she denied any sort of involvement (laughs) or cooperation with content moderation between the White House 
uh, and social media companies. I was wondering if anyone in the Biden administration was in touch with Baker, either regarding moderation decisions that critics call political censorship or regarding uh, his transparency efforts recently. So it's up to private companies uh, to make these types of decisions. We were not involved. I can say that we were not involved. Hmm. Well, that, of course, would be a complete contradiction of what her predecessor, Jen Psaki, said at the same podium in summer 2021 when she described flagging posts for Facebook so Zuck could deal with the disinformation. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. But not involved in that. Right. And you might get more details on contradictions like that if you had a media that was at all curious or at all serious about its role in challenging power. But since they aren't from most networks, not only will you not get any questions, you're not going to get any coverage at all. As of last weekend, after the first round of Twitter files release uh, releases, NBC, ABC and CBS had given exactly zero minutes to the story of the Twitter files, unless I'm mistaken, I don't believe those numbers changed throughout the week. So again, standing, uh, standing up for the suppression of information against the people in a complete betrayal of their purpose. But I'm, I'm sure they're doing it for the right reasons and don't ever Did call them the enemy them to of the cover people. this at all. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe people who, constantly espouse the need to stand up to power would have a moment of clarity and think about it for five seconds. But what, why would they do nice. that? It's totally against their mission. Yeah, their, their mission is upholding the ideology that that much is clear. So, well, it's, it's deeper than that. It's to destroy the opposition. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think that's fair. It's gain the power and exercise the power. That's for sure. Yeah. They can't, it, they can't address this because in, in addressing it, they'd have to admit some degree of fault. There's no way to spin this. And when you have no way to spin something, you, the only move that you have is to just not talk about it. Yeah. Well, lastly, a couple other things on the Twitter files topic. Uh, people dug up an old tweet from Yoel Roth from 2010 in oh, which yeah, he, I saw this, yeah. he asked if high school students can ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers, a tweet that remains up currently. Elon Musk responded to somebody posting that tweet from Yoel, which you can see on the top right of your screen there. Uh, Elon said, quote, this explains a lot. So maybe he knows even more than the rest of us know. Uh, And he adds that Yoel wrote his Ph.D. thesis on children being able to access adult Internet services. Now, I have not read the thesis, but Elon did provide a screenshot for reference, and it does discuss sites like Grindr safely connecting queer young adults this is a phd topic for some reason so uh, yeah i mean my, my question about this is like obviously this guy is going to be some sort of um weird homosexual pedophile just based on his demographic but <laughs> but um no i'm talking about him being like a, a gay 30 something twitter employee ah yes that's, all that's right. all I'm oh, oh thank you for clarifying yes um but in the beginning of this, Elon Musk was asking, was acting like he was going to play ball. He was retweeting Yul Roth. That's true. Being all he fucking was. chummy with him. Yeah. Why? Why? All this information was available. I have to think that Elon's a smart guy. Like I, 
I don't understand some of his moves in the beginning. Like, I don't get it. Like, why didn't he just immediately drop the hammer on Yul Roth? Like, day it's one. It's all 4D chess. Trust the plan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. Well, anyway, here's the plan to trust. All right. I mentioned Elon has a clear path to win at least me back. And I suspect he would win you back. This is the way he stirred the pot today. Earlier today, Musk tweeted that his pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. Enraging many progressives who say uh, this is incitement to violence. Uh, he didn't say make Fauci face the wall. He said prosecute him. What a due process cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, but I, I don't know. By no legal definition of incitement could that. Uh, I mean, there's just no way. Yeah. Absolutely not. The, the speculation is that a future round of Twitter files will be about Fauci. Oh, this is the meme I was talking about. That's very convenient. It's right there. Why aren't you? Why aren't they dead yet? <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that since we are past due to catch up with our chatters, unless you have any other thoughts you wanted to add. I don't know. Every day, it's like I'm like in an abusive relationship with Elon Musk. <laughs> like every day, I'm like he loves me, and the next day, I'm like he's banging some other chick. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. I want my Twitter account back. It's not happening. Well, uh, I, I am surprised, given how many people have come back, that you have not. But perhaps that is coming as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I I'm as we discussed last week. I'm really disappointed in some of the moves that Elon Musk has made. I also don't want to be so bothered by that that i refuse to analyze or give credit to some of the positive moves that have been made and these twitter files have been providing uh more than sufficient evidence to things that we all suspected were true and now we're getting demonstration that are true and uh of course i have to acknowledge that and of course i have to uh acknowledge the value that that provides so good for him the the transparency is of value but he but he's fickle and so I can't rely on what I know about him uh, to predict his future behavior. And I find mm. that like a very irritating. It's the same quality that irritated me in Trump. Well, maybe he likes it that way. Uh, let's okay. catch up with some chatters. Sure. Okay. Jeffrey O'Neill up first. In politics, stupidity is not a handicap. Stupid is just as destructive as evil, maybe more, and it's a lot more common. Beauty fades, dumb as forever. Ah, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Uh, Book and quote, intelligence minus purpose equals stupidity. Here, here. Hmm. I bought PN, you're back, with a big donation and no note. I thought thought you um, were done with us. I thought that you were taking a little break. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two (laughs) hundred billion dollars. Thank you, iBot. Very much appreciated. Merry Christmas. And thank you, Jeffrey. I can't quit you. Yeah. Holden Mulray. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. That's Romans. Thank you, Holden. Thanks, Holden. Um, Daniel Kungel, I'm not surprised the Biden administration negotiated from position of weakness for Griner in exchange for bout boot. They it's say, boot, yeah. um, is that how you spell it? Or I thought yeah, it was spelled. I always want to read it as bout as well. Oh, okay. For some reason, boot. I've been spelling it phonetically like the shoe. Yeah. Um, they say it was the only deal they could get, but if it's a bad deal, then don't take the deal. That's exactly what Matt said. That yeah. is an option. We had no choice. You had the choice of. No. No. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Wicked Masshole. The friggin' Hallmark Channel of all places has a new movie, the broadcast of which partly overlaps with this show tonight about a romance between two dudes. I guess you could say that they bent over for the Wokester Mafia. Yes, I think they did because. Today I feel uh, 
Gay. <laughs> because Candace... Is, is her name Candace Bergman or is that the lady from, you know, the, the hot chick from uh, Full House, Candace. That's Candra, Candace Cameron Bure or whatever her married name is, but Candace Cameron. Because she came out against homosexual marriages as plot lines in movies or something. Oh, did she? So I think the Hallmark Channel had to like oh show two dudes yeah. doing butt Is stuff that how it so happened? Everybody would shut their mouths. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin D. Banks. Ah, I just lost my place. Oh, Matt oh. and I once made. Nope, that's not it. Can you I go? have Rocky Mountain Monk up next and then Robin, but I'll go Rocky Mountain Monk. After overseeing a chaotic election day in Arizona where countless voters weren't able to cast a ballot, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs has now certified herself as governor over election denier Carrie Lake. Well, what are the odds? Fascinating, Matt. <laughs> and uh, I know Carrie Lake has lawsuits being filed. I can't say that I am optimistic for those, though I have not analyzed them in detail. Uh, the, uh, Arizona is exactly like a mini 2020 U.S. where a candidate who hid in the basement somehow became immensely popular, despite <laughs> nobody personally knowing someone who actually supports her. Yeah, really. Amazing. This basement hiding strategy just works so well wherever it's deployed. Um, I just got a new an email that's going to infuriate you. An email or a, uh, I, a super chat? I got an email. I just oh. got um, an email about a new hit piece, uh, The Rise of Far-Right Female Influencers by what? Vice. One day ago, 250,000 views featured prominently. Oh, shit. Well, I guess we'll maybe we'll update the story on Sunday. I, I Well, I guess I shouldn't be that mad. If I fit into the rise of female alt-right influencers, that, that would be a that'd problem. That'd be, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, Robin okay. D. Banks is up, ne- uh, up next. So if the Marine were a gay woman of color, would he have been traded and allowed to come back? Real question. I'm sure he'll understand the error of his ways. This identitarianism has to stop. <laughs> I I know they'll never admit it, but you can't tell me that had nothing to do with the calculation. That yeah. being a black lesbian had nothing to do nothing with it. Do. Of course I, it did. I don't say that not, I don't say that just based on some of the, media uh well i don't say that just based on the 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 president's politics of always making that sort of calculation that black lesbians over everything um especially if they're trans Mm -hmm. but based on media reaction too it's like there's so many think pieces britney griner's uh britney griner's struggle is common to black women in america and it's like really black women in america make a six-figure salary to play a sport that nobody watches and then when they get detained in another country we give up an incredibly valuable asset to, to recover her. That's the oppression. Yep. (laughs) Okay. I I'm sure. Yeah. I I have no doubt that if Waylon was, uh, if Waylon was trans, he would be home by now. Let's put it that Uh, way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, should we do some more? Should we circle back? Let's see. Let's get a few more in and then we'll, uh, get into the, the soccer journalist news. Ooga Boogaloo. Matt and I once made love. I told him to wear something pretty, so he had to pick up some clothes at the airport. <laughs> Apparently, you can get some fine uh, fine Damn. wardrobe offerings. I and wish we knew about this around Halloween because your wife could do like a really good skin yeah. cap, like yeah. bald cap. That would have been a good costume. Maybe next year, though. We always have the option. Yeah, that story's going to be dead, dead, dead. Deader than Grant's What's-His-Nuts. <laughs> Um, that was year. that was uncalled for. 
Uh, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made snuggins, or we would have, but instead you chose someone way less attractive with none of the hardware as a trade at the last second, leaving me to wallow in a gulag of loneliness. Oh, no. We got the Wayland treatment. <laughs> Sorry, the Mike David Smoke Show. Multitude and a salutations and a thousand mea culpas for having missed the show for a couple of weeks, life of a working man and whatnot. Miss Rebecca, what's the status of your motherland show? I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it's kind of dead on the vine, but Robin and I are still dear friends. So one day when we're not so busy, we will probably reignite it. This is what happens when you don't have um, a man involved in the production of your videos that's way more motivated than you are. Things just like just don't happen. It's a key just, factor. <laughs> Thanks key. for the like, acknowledgement. <laughs> Ooga Boogaloo. Hey, Thanks, Matt, Mark. how did the Vikings do? Uh, bad loss today, but it's a 10 and 3 team. I'm not that mad. Phil, I think wait, we're all wait, I have way more football thoughts. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that to you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. I was Lou. really worried there. Phil, I think we're all wondering how long before Griner starts in on America being evil again. I mean, if we weren't such a white supremacist country, we would have saved her from her bad decisions sooner, right? I know. Is she going to shut her GD mouth? I would hope after so. This? It's probably not. Do you think that she has the balls, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, the balls? To show up to a WNBA game next spring or whenever it starts and actually say kneel for the anthem or something to that effect? I don't know. I mean, I think that she probably lacks impulse control. So, yeah. We'll see. Just shut the hell up forever. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, really. Um, Okay. All right, we will come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Well, let's get uh, into the great debate of the weekend, which is the sudden death of soccer journalist Grant Wall, who I knew absolutely nothing about until he had the stunning bravery to put on a rainbow shirt in Doha, Qatar, to show those Qataris how not homophobic he truly is. Yeah, I mean, when I first read about this, I thought he got whacked by the Qatari government, and I thought it was super funny, which is why I dropped it in our Skype chat. But as it turns out, this story has taken a bit of a left turn, and it looks like his heart Pfizer exploded in front of a bunch of people, allegedly. That's That's the conspiracy theory. Yeah, Yeah, that's the conspiracy theory. Um, Grant, while he was a soccer writer, I'd never heard of him before this. Um, he was 48 and he fell back in his seat in the press box and reporters adjacent to him called for assistance. Um, emergency service or service workers responded quickly. And then he just, he just like died, like fell over dead. I think they got him to the hospital alive though. Right. I don't know. I think that he was, he was DOA. DOA? Wow. Um, so on Monday he wrote on his website that he went to a medical facility in Qatar to receive treatment because he wasn't feeling well. Uh He said, quote, my body finally broke down on me three weeks of little sleep, high stress, and lots of work can do that. What had been a cold over the last 10 days turned into something more severe on the night of the USA Netherlands game. And I could feel my upper chest take on a new level of pressure and discomfort. Ironically, he thought (laughs) he thought he had COVID. But it was so he thought he had COVID. The story's not funny. Okay? <laughs> this is so funny. What it's got layers, you know. So he said, I didn't have COVID because I test regularly here. What a fact. But I went into the medical clinic at the main media center today and they said I probably have bronchitis. They gave me antibi- antibiotics and some cough syrup 
And I'm feeling a bit better just a few hours later, but still no bueno. He was double jabbed. That's confirmed. He, as in he said yeah. that or? Okay. I Well, he tweeted about it. Um, I, I think like, I think he was one of the earlier people that was vaccinated. I have him in April of 2021 bragging about his first shot. I'm sure Twitter. that this guy was boosted. If he's the sort of person who brags about getting a shot on Twitter. Yeah. I would say fair speculation that he was the sort of person who would be in line for the subsequent shots. Probably. Um, okay. So you think that this is funny enough because wearing a rainbow shirt in Qatar, uh, getting you killed is just filled with laws. But the reason he Are actually did funny. <laughs> the reason he actually did that was because his brother is a flaming homosexual and he did it in support of his brother or whatever. I don't Thank know why people think that like the world is their is their playground. You know, it's like those two chicks that were beheaded in uh, Morocco. It's like, did nobody teach you that the world is a dangerous place? Like you can't go to a country like Qatar and be like, everybody's a butt buddy and it's totally fine. It's like you have to respect the laws of the places that you travel. Like Brittany Griner. It's, it's like, what do these people think? Like, do they think that every country is like America? It's so stupid. Well, anyway, that's the, that's the irony. I don't know about uh, Grant Wall uh, and his politics, but these people who believe that they are oppressed in America are so not oppressed that they have no concept of what that actually could be like when they get to a place that might yeah. do that to them. It's so rich in irony, this story. Um, so he was detained and then let go, I think, after like half an hour and all he had to do was change his shirt. There's no evidence anything else happened to him. Like, he's really lucky that they didn't kill right. him. It's not like they kicked his ass when they they apparently kicked him out of the the arena, the the stadium or they detained him from the stadium. Yeah. Held him for about a half hour, 25 minutes, he says, for wearing the rainbow soccer shirt. And then he was free to go. And apparently he went back to games, covered them. And that's where he died. So it's not like the the Qatari yeah. government. He did a podcast afterward. It's not like the Qatari government kicked his ass when he was in custody or something. Right, like that. right. The grand irony of this is that uh, people are thinking that the Qatari government did this, but really it was his own indoctrination from our government that got him killed. So well, I just love this story. That's kind of true, regardless. Uh, uh, in either theory to which you might subscribe, if you believe that this was some sort of a Muslim assassination or someone killed him and they had to cover it up. You could argue that was a product of uh, promoting rainbow ideology in a place it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily belong. If it was the heart attack that CBS is speculating, as far as I've seen, we don't have a conclusive cause of death yet, but CBS is reporting it's been strongly suggested he had a heart attack, heart attack or pulmonary event possible. So if that's the case, well, you might argue, <laughs> How how would I argue this in Susan approved terms? Um, Either way, this guy got himself killed. You yeah, it's fair to say that there are, that's probably a fair theory of the case. Am I the only person that thinks the story is so funny? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's no way in our audience people aren't at home on their couches laughing right now. I know you guys, you're all like me. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I have to disagree with that. Okay. Listen, uh, after years of being gaslit about the vaccine and being told that I'm killing grandma and everything like that, uh, I'm just going to take a little satisfaction from people dropping dead. Because all right. A little revenge chuckle, even if I have to disavow. Thank you. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I fear what you're going to do with this particular piece of the story. Grant Wall's brother, Eric, Eric Wall, as you mentioned, he is gay. 
which is relevant to this fact pattern because that is why Grant Wall wore that rainbow shirt in Qatar or Qatar. Uh, Eric says he believes that his brother was killed, not that he just died because his brother was healthy when he went to Qatar. My name is Eric Wall. I live in Seattle, Washington. I am Grant Wall's brother. I'm gay. I am the reason he wore the rainbow shirt to the World Cup. My brother was healthy. He told me he received death threats. I do not believe my brother just died. I believe he was killed. And I just beg for any help. Oh my God, these people are delusional. Why did he stop his brother from doing that? These people are so delusional. What are you doing? You're in Qatar. Uh, yeah, well, and then the point, I, I, I don't doubt that Grant was healthy. I don't doubt that he died suddenly. I just think there's another possible explanation for the sudden death other than what is implied to be some sort of Muslim murder. Yeah, I know. Though, Look at what happened to Khashoggi. He went into, um, was it the, the embassy? Yeah, it was in uh, Turkey. And then he just never came out. That's oh, what happens when a Muslim government kills you. Like He came out in pieces. Yeah, yeah for sure. But they don't like give you something that's going to poison you later while you're in a public place and a bunch of people are around. It's like for wearing a t-shirt. That, no, like they either what would have detained him and beat him to death or nothing would have happened. And if that, if that was the case, it would have been covered up in the same yeah. way they largely tried to cover up Khashoggi, even if it he was some, never would have come out of that interrogation, yeah. even if it was not the Qatari government, but just some random Muslim guy enraged by this Western invader who dared come into Qatar and promote rainbow ideology. You would still that would be done in some back alley and covered up. It would not be done if this was a murder. And the fact that he collapsed in public witnessed by many people, it would have to be some sort of poisoning to achieve that effect, I don't even know yeah. how that would be possible, but you'd have to poison him with something and have the effect take place later where he collapses publicly and has some sort of uh, apparently a, a heart episode. Yeah, it's not like a, a beating or a dismemberment like Kashagi experienced. Certainly, uh, I mentioned that he that uh, Grant Wall had advertised his vaccinated status prior. It also turns out. His wife is an epidemiologist with a Ukraine flag emoji in her Twitter profile. Whether or not you consider that to be a factor in what happened here. She has said very little other than reposting the U.S. soccer team's message about the passing of Grant Wall. She just says that she uh, is thankful for people reaching out to her and she's in complete shock. But she did not add any details about what may have happened to Grant or any knowledge that she may have. Uh, and, uh, and, and apparently it was the, it was the sudden onset bronchitis. So if we're supposed to believe it had nothing to do with a certain injection and it had nothing to do with, uh, a Muslim murder, it was bronchitis. That's what, uh, Grant Wall said he had on his podcast, his last episode on Thursday, where he said, I hope I don't, I don't cough through this episode, but I've been dealing with feeling unwell, as you mentioned. And it was, uh, it was a case of of bronchitis that had developed within within him. So bronchitis induced heart attack. That's the non tinfoil understanding of what happened here. Bronchitis induced heart attack for a guy who's like 45 and looks to be in good physical health as in not grotesquely overweight or something like that. That's it. That's the entire standard for good physical health. These well, days. I just mean the 
it's it's not as though nobody in their mid 40s who's in good health has heart attacks. It's it but has not happened at this level of frequency at this frequency. It's not exactly it's not exactly likely. And as we consider the theories of what happened here, was it a Muslim assassin? Was it uh, some sort of uh, Pfizer related event? Uh, why not both? Why does it have to be either or? Have we considered the possibility that a Muslim stabbed him with the syringe in a back alley and it only took effect, uh, you know, a few days later? Oh, OK. I like it. Yeah, like it's it. possible. I don't want to rule that out. I was thinking he looked kind of aidsy, even though he's straight and has a family. And then, like, I heard his brother talk and I'm like, geez, like, what happened to these boys? Like, what uncle molested you two? Wow. Many of those people probably have AIDS. You know, AIDSy yeah. is an underrated adjective. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. AIDS-y. He does look AIDSy. Did you see him? He, he looks like a like an animated cadaver. What an <laughs> ugly bastard. <clears throat> animated cadaver. Well, anyway, these people want you dead. So when they die, I'm just going to keep laughing. Uh, <sighs> re- as far as revenge goes, Chuckles is not the cruelest, but... Uh, no, I don't know. I'm not I, I, I'm not going to take any kind of enjoyment in the loss of a family member. I, I seriously speaking, I understand that's very well, difficult. Yeah, your to process. family, my family. <laughs> but like I'm supposed to care about these people. Well, there's just a certain level of. Well, I don't know if delusion is the right word that I'm looking for, but to jump to say that the conclusion that seems if not probable, highly worthy of consideration here is obviously secondary to some sort of like Muslim plot to kill him, even though they let him go free without beating him. Right. It's just annoying how if there is some sort of conspiracy or some sort of plot here that it, it must be nefarious Muslims as opposed to, I don't know, the consequences of, that, that, of the choices that his ideology led him to. That's true. I mean, it's we not- can't discuss that. It's not totally unreasonable uh, to think that Muslims do stuff like this because they totally do. Um, But on the world stage with everybody looking at them, I don't think that this would be like the greatest time for international relations for them to kill somebody based on wearing a shirt. You know, Yeah, the Qatari government might be pissed about the rainbow shirt. They'd probably also be pissed about the international optics of ruining what is a massive cash cow for that country. I'm sure they care about that, too. I just don't. It's not like he just, you know, is a guy walking around and iraq like wearing the shirt like this was a major world event with tons of money tied to it and thousands and thousands of people there well we perhaps we will get answers someday although i suspect that the true answer in this case will be buried very very quickly we're never gonna get answers yeah well someone will get answers i bet i bet that anyway i have a hoax hate you could call it a triple header one of them isn't really hoax hate but it's hoax hate adjacent if you are ready is that a yes yeah all right and now the nobody saw it happen but it's totally a product of trump's america hoax hate crime of the week ah shit it's backwards you think they'll notice at the university of virginia a police report identifies Zainab, good lord, <laughs> Bint Abdul Hadj, wait, Hadi Had, Jakeen. I thought her name was Haji. It is not. Haji Hadijakin. Okay, okay, thank you. It's Zainab. I'm going Zainab. I'm going with that. 
This is uh, according to university police, the person most likely to have thrown a rock through a window at the black cultural center on campus in August. Police say that she likely carried out this attack as retaliation against the interim director of the center, Michael Mason, with whom she had some sort of personal dispute. Police arrested and charged this woman on September 3rd, but the university never named her or provided any information beyond saying that the suspect was a student. When served with a warrant, the suspect said she was innocent and was being targeted by police. She asked the cop to shoot her, according to the report, but that request <laughs> she would like that, wouldn't was she? not granted. <laughs> Please kneel on my neck. Do it (laughs) right here, right here. All right. Uh, God. Um, Of course, uh, at the time of the vandalism, the 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 NAACP chapter on campus characterized it as a racist attack on black students. The UVA Student Council passed a resolution that stressed the importance of having a safe space for black students. Uh, the only reason that we ever got any information on who actually did this is because uh, the reporter at the College Fix kept digging at the story months after the fact. But this is another example of uh, attack on a black space on a college campus that turns out not to be motivated by uh, by uh, guys in clan clan hoods and or MAGA hats in Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh A shopping mall was vandalized with racist and homophobic graffiti. So local single moms have organized and seized the opportunity to virtue signal through their young children about countering hate with love. The graffiti was everywhere on the wall, on the walls, the doors, the pavement. Come take a look spreading all the way over here. Now, the graffiti has now been covered by sidewalk chalk. This is not Loudon. It's not. The graffiti included several racist words, LGBTQ slurs, anti-Semitic symbols, and more. Every time that I see the N-word painted all over things, um, I will still say it shocks me every single time. Owen, nine-year-old William, and their friends picked up sidewalk chalk. They scratched out the hurtful words, slurs, and symbols, and turned them into something different. Over there, there's like... Um, a symbol, like, it was like a hate symbol or something. A flower box. It was his idea to figure out how to cover it up with something that looked nice. Seeing the rainbow, it gives me hope. means those little kids that were doing all this, they're going to change it. They're going to change the world. On Sunday afternoon, a man volunteered as pressure washer and kids took turns cleaning up the graffiti. The next generation has shown that they're not going to tolerate the hate. Where are the dads? And the irony, I know, the irony of this black woman holding a sign saying, stop Asian hate. Talk to your people then. White people don't hate Asians. That's absurd. (laughs) It happens from time to time. But to your point, there is a a problem in New York, San Francisco. There are some some problems. That's just so preposterous. These Uh, poor kids. You know, on the topic of stealing tactics that are effective, should should we have our kids go out and propagandize on the street. Should we counter no. their deleted swastikas with swastikas of our own that are backwards? Uh, Emmeline was drawing <laughs> swastikas on stuff. I don't know. But it's her idea. I love that. So they, they cut to the, well, the mom says it was, it was his idea. He just wanted to draw this and they cut to the kid and he's like, it was, um, a hate symbol or something. Like he clearly but doesn't even understand. Was, yeah. I just wanted to draw chalk. 
And it, this is some sort of field trip for the kids to go draw rainbows. And the mom say, it gives me hope for the future. No, you propagandized your kid into doing this. And now you're trying to act like your child is some sort of well, hero savior. One more step. They did the graffiti so that they could then notify yes. the news station yeah, yeah. and then propagandize their kids. Sorry, so I thought that, that was implied. But I yes, I want, <laughs> I want to clarify that. And I have special reporting thanks to a local listener who grabbed some screenshots from Facebook before they might have been deleted. I can't show you the uh, uncensored photos. I have to censor some of the slurs, but the the images of the actual graffiti, I couldn't oh, find anywhere near it. This might be real. Well, here are some of the examples that look like they were spray painted with white spray paint as hastily as possible. You have stop white genocide. You have all criminals are black with a backward swastika and the N-word. Okay. Uh, backward swastika just by itself. That says 1488. You have FK words as in the slur for <laughs> Jewish people. And then name the Jew. This is real. No. Okay. Name the Jew with a regular star. That's not even a star of David. No. Oh, you're right. That's no. But name that's not the real. Jew. Have you ever heard anybody that's not? In they the dissonant right said name say name the they Jew, went like the on 4chan for five seconds and, and wrote down some things that they saw that's all that that this is well, not all the real. swastikas are incorrect you're probably right the swastikas are wrong it's not even the right star <laughs> it's just the whole thing is they figured out that it's not the right star do you see that accessory line they're like shit uh maybe maybe they tried to correct it whatever happened it wasn't wasn't very good and then there's so, one that that we didn't take a picture of that said, uh, gas the bikes, race car now. Didn't see that one. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> see that one. Uh, I will thank our uh, listener who provided these photos to me before the internet scrubbed them, or maybe they never posted them at all, at least in journalistic outlets. So thank you for that. Uh, no suspect identified. Haven't ah. found them. Other than the single moms who clearly did it for the virtue signaling photo op i will correct the record if it turns out as anything other than that and this is at a shopping mall okay this is a place i guarantee there are cameras and once again this all happened in some you know back door type place uh, on the or potentially on the side of the shopping mall it wasn't done in front but i guarantee if they know the evening that this supposedly happened there are uh, there is surveillance video that captured the people moving throughout this area we are a week or so removed from this and there's no suspect identified. We're not going to get an answer on that. Okay. I stand corrected. The, the name, the Jew had me going for a second. <laughs> They've j they just did five minutes worth of research. I think. Well, I like that. They did a little research. The, the effort is increasing. That's true. All right. I, I said the, the last one is not a hoax and it isn't, but the original understanding, maybe the implications of it were not correct. Hoax adjacent. Uh, in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, a daycare was attacked with a rock containing a hate speech note and threats toward children thrown through the door. This happened just after the shooting of a parks and recreation park ranger. This happened nearby at a nearby uh, sports complex at the end of November. So it was reported that this was a, a hate event. It just it turns out upon investigation, it was hate of color. Around 8.40 Monday morning, just after drop-off, Charlotte Mecklenburg police were called to Maritza Carey Child Development Center on Betis Ford Road. Queen City News cameras captured this hole in a glass door believed to have been shattered. 
by Iraq with a disturbing message. It contains some hate speech and some various threats toward directed toward children. Police have recovered evidence and believe this person who threw the rock is also connected to a shooting of a park ranger on November 27th. A few moments later. CMPD says the SWAT response also included help from the FBI. Tyson Corbett, the man arrested and charged with both crimes. For the Park Ranger shooting, he's charged with attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. For the rock-throwing incident, he's facing, among other things, charges of ethnic intimidation and a threat of mass violence. Police still have not elaborated on what exactly was in that hate-filled message that was thrown at the daycare with that rock. Yep. <laughs> Tyson Lee Corpening was arrested on Monday and charged with attempted murder for the shooting. Assault with a deadly weapon, two counts of ethnic intimidation, vandalism, illegal gun possession, and a threat of mass violence on educational property. The park ranger who was shot is expected to recover. As far as I can tell, as mentioned in that report, police are not providing details on what exactly the ethnic hatred actually was. I don't know what the note said. I've not been able to find details. Uh, yeah, I mean, none of this is really surprising. Why are these kids in daycare? <laughs> that's the real problem. You don't get hate crimes at daycares if none of the kids are sent to daycares. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, lastly, I have a piece of surprise cringe for you if you're ready. No. Perhaps you saw this, but let's try. Oh, God. I usually like Where's to ask you if you can... truck when you need it. <laughs> T-bones, these people. Usually like to ask if you can understand what's going on, because sometimes it's not clear. That is exactly what it appears. That is Hillary and Chelsea Clinton singing karaoke in the car, joined by Amber Ruffin or Ruffin, the comedian lady, and Vanessa L. Williams. This uh, part of Carpool Karaoke, the series which started as a bit on the late show with James Corden, and somehow people actually like this enough for it to be its own show this was the season five premiere which aired friday the song of course is i will survive by gloria Gaynor. the question everyone is asking on twitter is will the rest of us survive now i was merciful by cutting that clip length because it only takes about 10 seconds to get it but what you might not know speaking of your desire to see some sort of uh, head-on or t-bone type incident the full episode actually does have a happy ending of similar theme. Here's the full version of the uh, Hillary Carpool Karaoke episode. I know, it's too bad those... Uh... Those those lesbian cliff divers weren't at the helm. Yeah, where are they when we need them? Uh, where they are is unfortunately at the bottom of the ocean. God rest their souls. But I wonder who actually got more air in their SUV. Was it that car or the California, the Northern California coast lesbians? Who do you think? <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know. Oh. What a disaster! Ugh, that was really cringy. Yeah, it, it wasn't so bad though. I mean, like by Desmond levels. 
uh, Fox News here characterizes it, it characterizes it as next level cringe. And I won't deny that it's cringe, but you haven't been paying full attention to the world's cringe offerings of the last X amount of years. If that's the one that you characterize as yeah. next okay. level, that's that's pretty tame, though. I acknowledge its entertainment factor, which is why I opted to include it. All right. You got anything else before the movie review? No, I'm I am. I'm ready to quit the show if you don't like Gremlins. I'm, I'm done with the movie segment, at a minimum. I, I guess we're going to find out. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1984 black comedy Gremlins, in which a father stumbles upon a mysterious Furby Grogu crossover in Chinatown and buys it as a Christmas gift for his son. Unleashing a monstrous takeover of the town, stoppable only by simply turning on the lights, which nobody ever thinks to try, apparently. From uh, I know. <laughs> all month long, normally we have commentary from our movie pickers, which of course we do, but uh, movie picker Michael Schlecht for the Christmas movies of December, he's upping the production quality all month long by providing his commentary in video. So here are uh, here is Michael Schlecht's video submission for Gremlins. Welcome back to the magical month of Christmas movies. Christmas movies brought to you by The Matt and Blonde Show. Gremlins had to be on this list. Not only is it my favorite Christmas movie, but it also firmly holds a spot in my all-time top 20 movie list. In fact, this movie is so beloved by my wife and I that the very first Christmas gift we bought for my son Finn is his very own gizmo. This movie is chock full of 80s charm, silly writing, and the highlight of this movie, incredible practical effects. And I absolutely love that this movie can blend both a comedic death by stairlift and a horrifying death by starvation in a chimney. And it somehow just works. Despite having watched this movie dozens of times, the wild and crazy variety of gremlins has me noticing something new with every viewing. From the 41 people credited for this movie's special effects, to Spielberg executive producing Chris Columbus's wild script, to the light racism. (laughs) Everything came together to produce a wonderfully pulpy sci-fi Christmas movie. I hope you enjoyed the film. Oh, and one other thing. Before you go to bed tonight, check all the closets and cupboards. Look under all the beds, because you never can tell. There just may be a gremlin in your house. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) As always, your review and your rating. I'm not joking. Like uh, uh, Trimmers, that was a hard one. Blade Runner, that was hard. Groundhog Day, like we've had some. But like, if you don't like, why are you setting me up? Because I just, I was writing this review and I was like, I just don't. We might have to cancel this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I I love this movie. It's always a fun Christmas movie. I've seen it so many times, and it's this type of like perfectly balanced black comedy where it has enough humor that you can laugh at somebody being savagely killed. Um, without it like weighing on you, you know, although I'm, it wouldn't weigh on me very much anyway. Um, well, we have learned today that, uh, unfortunate deaths are hilarious. So this, fits they, right they in. really are. Yeah. Yeah. It's witty, unexpected. I, I'm so nostalgic for gremlins. Um, it, it's worth watching again and again. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've broken into this, this conspiracy theory about this movie being racist. Well, uh, there's obvious racial stereotyping with the Chinese guy. Did but, you go deeper than that, though? Well, are the gremlins supposed to represent? Oh, is that is that how they get there? The gremlins are. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like some Chinese mysticism and there's uh-huh. some stereotyping in that. But also 
and I pulled this from a Reddit thread because there are so many people talking about this. The as, how this is racist. Yeah. Um, that this person said they literally chicken before they transform into black gremlins, <laughs> then turn up at a jazz bar dressed as seventies black folks, smoking, drinking, gambling, and multiplying. And th- I believe there's a break dancing scene in it. Yeah, there is. I remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this movie's racist. Gotta love gremlins. Four out of five. Four out of five. Why? I'm, I'm reserving my five out of fives for like truly outstanding films. I love this movie. So is it just the theme or genre into which this fits that that it is not upper? Yeah, that maybe. Is not top then, tier, or are there actual faults that you see that dock it? Okay, I know this is annoying and I, willful suspension of disbelief. It's a movie about you know fucking gremlins. Um, but the thing about them not just turning on the lights is like such a major plot hole. Or like spraying them with water. You know, there, there were ways to fix this earlier. Well, as tempted as I am to dive into the scientific inconsistencies as though they ruined the movie for me. And so I can be that guy to draw not just your hate, but everyone's hate. I can never give a movie review insincerely because that would open the door to the rest of my reviews being jokes as opposed to my sincere thoughts. So I won't do that. And uh, we can continue doing the show and we can continue doing this bit because not only did I like it, I, I really loved this movie. I was highly Yay, entertained. Good. Uh, the it, it is a little bit slow to start. Part of that is because my expectations for where it was going are totally different from where it actually does go. And that is a welcome surprise. I thought this was going to be some kind of like baby Yoda thing where where gizmo has some sort of superpower there's going to be some threat against the town gizmo is going to save the day for them i didn't think that gizmo was going to be the threat or at least spawn the threats once the attacks start and the deaths start this goes from a little slow to like 11 out of 10 entertainment every single attack and death is hilarious and shocking which is really saying something when you to do that in sequence like it, it really all starts with that kitchen scene and the yeah. microwaving and then billy comes yeah. home and beheads one and his head burns in the fireplace so then you're primed to expect absurdity but they just keep delivering you got like the killdozer scene before there was even a killdozer the launch of what's her face i forget her name uh mrs deagle her stair, yeah. her stair lift launched in her limp body <laughs> out the window. That's one of the best action scenes I've ever seen. That's amazing. Uh, just hilarious throughout. So for every every death to be an A-plus shocker, even though you know they're coming, is is a feat to me. And I really enjoyed that. The, the, the effects are just 80s cheese perfection. Like, yeah, they're kind of overdone. Yeah, it looks a lot like a middle school volcano science exhibit or something like that Mm -hmm. but in an age where like almost everything can be created for any movie by digital creation and digital artistry there's just some appreciation for doing that by hand and the way it was done at the time especially these scenes with all the complexity of like the bar scene where you look at how many different gremlins are doing different things simultaneously just really really cool to pull that off and so i i have to give credit for that um I, I thought that not only was the 
the Chinese stereotyping kind of funny. It's kind of prophetic. It's like, oh man, the entire plague came from China. They were way ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and some of the racial stereotyping, it's not even sinister. In the end, like the Chinese stereotype kind of saves the day or he's like a, a wi- an authority on wisdom to which they all aspire. So it's not even all negative. Uh, that, that was uh, fun to watch. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this movie is some sort of profound philosophical masterpiece or even that it was intended to be. But I do think that just emphasizing only it's ridiculous over the top scenes is to sell it a little bit short. I think there are some things of a deeper value to think about in its presentation. There's a theme throughout it that machines really are not everything. You have this constant theme of machines going haywire and machines that are supposed to make our lives more simple, actually complicating it and creating messes. And it's not that I don't like machines. I love machines. I love talking into this this machine right now. Um, But if we build a life that is machine dependent and we can't do basic tasks like cracking eggs and juicing oranges and all the other things, uh, putting toothpaste uh, on our toothbrush, can't do those things. And we're reliant on machines for those that does create vulnerabilities for us that that uh, we will suffer from later. And a similar theme that self-reliance really matters. This theme that the police were overly skeptical. And even when they're watching this chaos break out, they still don't really believe it. At one point, they watch a mall Santa guy get presumably fatally attacked by the gremlins. And they're like, I don't know, man, we should just leave. And they do. (laughs) And I'm not making this point to be anti-police. I'm making this point to say that whether it's gremlins or civil war, you are your own first and last responder. If you count on someone else to save you when things go really bad like that, you're going to have a bad time. Interesting things to think about. Lastly, uh, did you know that this movie created the PG-13 rating? Oh, no, I didn't. I won't go through all the details, but... um, Originally, the movie was supposed to be way more violent. Uh, 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 Billy's dog, the gremlins were supposed to eat Billy's dog and kill his mom and then roll her severed head down the stairs. (laughs) But that would have earned it an R rating, which was commercially consequential. Right, right. So this movie was rated PG, which if you took a younger child to this. Horrifying, yeah. Which really pissed a lot of people off. And so that caused Spielberg to go to the Motion Picture Association, whatever they are, uh, the the MPAA, the governing body of movie ratings, and say, hey, we need something between PG and, and R. Right. That sort of sweet spot. Thus, PG-13 was born. Um, I read about that in detail in the review if you want the citations and the information on that. As far as what I didn't like, this is what I mentioned. <laughs> Some of the premises are just silly. And I know I don't want to be that guy of like, you're really going to sit down and overanalyze the scientific premises in a movie about killer Furbies from the Chinese black market. But you are that guy. Well, I'm not going to knock the movie for that because it's perfectly enjoyable. It's fun. It's everything I just said to praise it. I stand by, and that's more important than these criticisms. But as you mentioned, these three rules defy logic in many instances. So this water rule that did kind of drive me nuts. Um, if they get, they can't touch water or they spawn more gremlins. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's the rule. Yet, yet Stripe, the sort of main gremlin is running around in a snowy landscape, not reproducing. And the the science teacher said, well, if it's under 25 degrees, then they don't reproduce for whatever reason, presumably because it's frozen, I guess. But if you are running in a snowy landscape, 
and you Things walk get wet and yeah. you walk inside to a heated department store, you're going to have at least a drop of water. And maybe you say, well, yeah, but it's not like they have to be exposed to water. You don't give them a bath. It's not a drop. No, no. Billy literally puts a water droplet drop then, of water yeah, yeah, yeah. demonstrating the to the science teacher. Not to mention, like, what what do the I didn't even write this in the review, but what do the gremlins eat or drink that has zero water content? Oh, it, yeah. It's the sort of premise that comes out a little bit silly. You could have you could have achieved that same effect by saying, well, they only reproduce by eating a certain food or hearing a certain sound or smelling a certain smell. Instead, right. it was this water exposure thing. And it's like, in what world can you operate on planet Earth without ever encountering a drop water. of water? I suppose that's the point that they reproduce rather easily. Anyway, just it, the, the consistency or lack thereof kind of drove me nuts. And then the same with the light rule. It's I guess it's it, it's the rules never really explained. It's implied that sunlight is lethal, obviously, and bright light that's artificial sort of disables them. But we don't know how bright does the light have to be. They're in environments with lights all the time. Like the bar is dimly lit, but it's lit. They're in yeah, homes with, with lights on. <laughs> and it, it's just another case. Like in, in, in the water case, they reproduce when they encounter drops of water, except for all the drops of water that don't count. In the light case, they are disabled by light, except for all the lights they encounter that don't count. And that was similarly frustrating. Uh, and then it, it also frustrated me. The movies, they give that speech that Michael Schleck did. Hey, if, you're, if your washing machine goes haywire, uh, check under the beds, look in the closet, whatever. Turn on the lights <laughs> is part of that little bit. Yeah. And nobody yeah. does that. And they all know about it, too. Right, right. You have Kate, the girlfriend at the bar, flashing a Polaroid camera at the gremlins to sort of stop their aggression on her. And nobody thinks like, hey, you know, uh, we could probably stop this entire attack with a flashlight. And it's not because they don't know. They know. Billy's dad learned that from the Chinese black market. Billy's dad told him that. Billy told Kate that's how she knows and is flashing the... Anyway, I'm... (laughs) I'm going on longer about this nitpick than my praise for the movie. So I'll just stop it there. The only other thing that I thought was out of place. uh, Kate's story about how her dad died in a chimney. (laughs) It was hilarious. Okay. So it was kind of funny. Like, oh, my dad disappeared. And then we found out that he slipped through the chimney and broke his neck. And then I lit a (laughs) fire and I burned him partially. And the smell tipped us off. Okay. First of all, that... not plot relevant. Like, okay, Kate yeah. hates Christmas. Cool. So what? We have more pressing issues to solve. Thanks for making it about you, bitch, but nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> it just creates an awkward break in the action. The conflict never really gets resolved anyway. It's like, okay, so is Kate's love of Christmas restored by the murder of her neighbors or something? Not really. It, the, the broader plot doesn't serve her hate of Christmas. Her hate of Christmas doesn't really serve the broader plot. Third, though, it's just a dumb story that doesn't make any sense. Your dad fell down a chimney and got stuck in it, but yeah. broke his neck instantly. How? How is he stuck? What impact was there if he was also stuck? And how big is this chimney such that a full-size adult man plus presence were stuck in it? And wouldn't there be clues that your dad went up there, the ladder to get on the roof? Probably footprints on any snow that was on the roof. Just, <laughs> I-, I called it uh, hoax dead dad of the week that's what that was <laughs> delete the scene or better yet make a scene of the gremlins stuffing her in a chimney and move on 
it was a waste of time and an unnecessary aside, I thought. But other than that, uh, it is uh, I actually rate it higher than you. It earned the full five from me. Five wiki masterpiece. You got the full five. Great. We love you. You're very special. And I know I just ripped on conceptual nitpicks for longer than I praised it, but... Uh, so long. Those nitpicks aside, A-plus entertainment. Once the gremlins start dying, I'm cracking up every scene. I, don't, I know it doesn't necessarily fit the philosophical mold that I usually give the highest marks to, but I measure movie quality by memorability. Uh, by memorability. Will I remember it later? Uh, the microwave, the, the stairlift launch, whole bunch of scenes I will never forget after seeing it once. So if there is a such genre as slapstick holiday horror, Gremlins there it is. is the the apex, the pinnacle. Oh, I'm so glad. Were you worried? Did you think I was going to hate this movie? Oh, yeah. Huh. I didn't rewatch it this week because um, I've seen, seen it, it recently. Yeah. Yeah. I've probably seen this movie a dozen times. Although I forgot about that. The light kills them. The water makes them reproduce. And then they can't eat after midnight, which that makes them reproduce like crazy. That makes them go into the cocoon mode that becomes the black people. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which is also a weird rule. Like, can they after midnight until when that was never explained? Like what time can they eat breakfast? Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about that for another 10 minutes. Yeah, for real. The, uh, the early audience vote. Yeah. People love this movie. Uh, almost it's creeping on 50% in the early vote of five wiki perfection. And then uh, a third of people behind that are giving it a four. Basically nobody hates this movie. Well, Aww, not nobody. Great. We have almost 10% of people giving it a one. So no, in the early vote uh, next week, we actually had a tie in the vote last week. I settled it by coin flip. What is it? The tie was between home alone two and the Muppet Christmas Carol. What's your preference? Maybe I should have just let you pick Um, home alone two, I guess. Hmm. Well, the coin flip went to the Muppet Christmas Carol, but Home Alone 2 remains eligible. I've never seen the Muppet Christmas Carol. I have seen Home Alone 2 many times. Okay. okay. Uh, We do have one more week of eligibility for Michael Schleck's Christmas movie nominations. This is the last week to vote on the list. So if you have a movie you want us to see, be sure to get into the review and vote. But the remaining nominees are Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Jingle All the Way, Krampus, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 Jim Carrey version, Office Christmas Party, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated Christmas movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, last chance this week on the Christmas movies, and sign up for the chance to be my movie nominator or the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the website. That is Matt Christensen media dot com. That'll do it. We'll get to the chat here. What a show. What a show. It's had a lot of twists and turns. Lots of twists and turns. Uh, System under siege, I think is the next one. right? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to start? Uh, if you don't support... You should read this one because I never know if this is a racial slur or not. Is that one a racial slur? Let me Google. Uh, it says derogatory term for trans... That's a trans slur? Trune? Well, I'm going <laughs> to test it out, Susan. If you don't support releasing basketball trunes for Russian arms dealers, you are with Putin. Well, that's not the first time I've been accused of being with Putin, I suppose, so... 
I feel like we should have known this. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. At least I don't remember. What What am I thinking of? Well, it sounds like the C word that it rhymes with, which made me think it was an anti-black slur, but it's not. Isn't quadroon a racial slur? Oh, yeah. Well, it's not. Is that a slur? That refers to a quarter black person. You're right. There's also octoroons who are eighth black. That doesn't sound racist to me. Octoroon was a term used in Plessy versus Ferguson, the separate but equal doctrine Supreme Court case. Yeah, but people uh, used to say Negro and I can't walk around (laughs) saying that anymore. Well, you just did. (laughs) Besides, how else do you expand it when you're mid or how else do you uh, describe it when your mid length joint is expanding? That would be knee growth, right? Negro. Yep. Yep. You said it. Uh, JRC won another week of clownery. When are people going to wake up instead of complying with all this nonsense? Uh, never. Unfortunately, never. I think that's correct. <laughs> I've been asking that same question for the last almost three years now, hoping this is going to be the one. This is as far as the 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 hopium. No, nah, it's not the only hopium to which I have ever bought in. In fact, I'm sure I'm buying into plenty right now. But the hopium of oh man, this is going to be the one, and people are finally going to. Flip the table and say, nope, I'm done with this shit. I'm not doing any more Corona stuff. I thought that was going to happen in like May 2020. Oh, yeah. Here I am two and a half years later. Like, no, no, no. This one. Once the Fauci files come out and people see then. I know. We should watch some of our older shows to see how. Were we predicting that this was just going to last forever? Well, I I remember remember thinking when everybody took to the streets in June 2020 in those mass George Floyd protests. And then that there was that letter signed by like hundreds of doctors saying that systemic racism was a bigger public health threat than Corona. So it was okay that they were all doing mass gatherings to protest systemic racism. I thought, okay, everyone is going to see that we just got bamboozled. This is done. And it wasn't instead, everybody put on the masks and got the shots and did the lockdowns the coming winter. We didn't though. Well, again, we were in uh, an easier position than a lot of people were too. This next one's for you, Polaris. Oh, uh, Polaris589 says, Matt, can you say the, what's the, what's this? Mysis? Mysis? I, I don't know that, uh, who said the quote, but you're all a bunch of socialists. Isn't this some famous libertarian? There you go. Well, then I guess I should probably know. Uh, Ludwig von Mises. That's who uh, we're talking about. Hmm. Anyway, uh, you're all a bunch of socialists. Thanks, Polaris. Um, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. I knew even before it was posted that Matt's Gremlins review would be worse than Morgoth and Endeavors. What? Now I'm getting hated for liking What? This is like the only thing he's ever gotten right. Ever. (laughs) Well, you'll have to clarify, Jacob, because of course this was way, this was posted way before we discussed it, but my review has been up since last night. So if you're did if, Morgoth, uh, did Morgoth do a Gremlins review? If I'm getting me- if I'm getting hate for liking Gremlins, I don't know what to do anymore. Oh man! Thank you, Jacob. Um, Citizen Seven. Uh, Sam Britton will enjoy his prison time. Should he be sentenced? I'm sure he keeps. He enjoys keeping his back door open and the monkeypox. My God, think about all the monkeypox. I will eat your ass. <laughs> Boogeyman nine one seven. I doubt it. He says <gasps> that trial's coming up. This, this next year. Gotta keep God, an eye on it. They're taking forever. It's finally gonna happen. Carl uh, Warrett says, 
as an employer, I have zero moral authority to force my employees to inject something into their bodies. They work for me. I do not own them. Well, if only all the country's em- employers uh, had the moral clarity and the deference that you do. I, I'm half of your, yeah. well, I'm, I'm sure your, your employees appreciate that. Uh, and, and thank you for, um, for standing up for them. And of course, thanks for supporting the show as well. I am not going to be niggardly. Brandon Lesko says, I resigned from the Defense Department over the VAX mandate. Uh, and now, no, I am not being duped by Brandon here. Although <laughs> that was a uh, member for like months. Anybody interviewed on the news. We're here with uh, Mr. Lesko, first name Brandon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, how are you still falling for this? That guy at the Rittenhouse trial. So just know I'm on to you, Brandon. <laughs> But uh, he says he resigned from the DOD over the vax mandate last year. One year later, I'm back at the DOD. Still pure blood. Wow. Uh, they Good lost about 20% of their workforce at my location. They had to hire 1,500 new employees. Or they have to hire 1,500 <gasps> new employees still. Well, if you gamed the federal government and you came out on top, round of applause, man. That, that First of all, standing up for what you believe in. But to beat the federal government in that pursuit. Damn. Commendable. That is rare. So congratulations and and thank you for supporting the show. Robin D. Banks, of course. Bond and I once made hate. Quote, hey, Robin, cross out this Marine's name and put her name instead. We're going to prank the president. Lol. It'll be fun. Blonde said, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. Wait, what reference am I missing there? Uh, is he talking about this? He. I always assume that Robin is. Um, but it's with a, a man. Y. Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's because she's clever. And so I just assume she's. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I assume the pr- the prison swap. Oh yeah, it must be. You're right. I'm. St- um, Griff. Nizzle. I've already forgotten the main story of the week. That's how <laughs> fried my brain is. Two hours in. A hundred percent collapsitarian move. Trade useless slag for Lord of War. Russian TV literally laughing at us. Also, sports ball for fags. Confirm. Conf- <laughs> I know. I thought this was hilarious. I was like, good. More Brittany Griner. Let's let's vote her in for some major public office. Well, and the 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 qualifier talk on this has been really annoying too um when i listen to a lot of conservatives or republicans responding on sunday news shows this morning or throughout the weekend the go-to qualifier was first let's all say what should be said we're all very happy that britney griner is home no we're not no we're not like i give a (laughs) shit yeah that's what i'm thinking like speak for yourself dude um no i i get what they're saying the principle that americans stranded detained abroad need to be brought home that that is do true. they though like what did they well, do we don't need to bring everybody back that's committed uh offenses in in countries i agree that on principle we should do what we can but that's not unlimited that's you you can't give up anything or everything not just because we have to evaluate what risks are being created for americans by releasing potentially dangerous people who might go on to uh, to attack us, but also because it creates incentive for other countries to do this. If if we have, say, a terrorist from another country in our custody, then they'll detain somebody on a minor infraction. Yeah, so you just go get them and say, well, there we go. We, we can get our guy back. Yep. You've created the circumstances for that deal. Yeah. Um, who was the next person? Uh, oh, Cephas, Matt yeah. and I, Matt and Blonde, lol, penal colony. Did I laugh about that? I hope so. Did I? That's did a we big say game, that? man. I meant you penal, did. not I, penile. I hope that there's never a time where I don't laugh 
at something like that. Um, <laughs> Peter, are planning any snowboarding this year, Matt? I have a big trip planned, my last hurrah before the birth of my baby girl, going to the birthplace of everyone's favorite semi-pro painter, Arlberg, Austria. I'll bring back some soil samples for blonde. Wow. That sounds like a cool <laughs> trip. Um, yeah, I mean, I, snowboarding has been a big part of my life for my entire teenage and adult life. So it continues to be, I get a season pass every year. I've got, uh, I only have two days in this season so far, but of course, as we get closer to the holidays, I'll be spending some more time. But the other, uh, exciting thing is one thing I've always wanted to get into is, uh, backcountry snowboarding and specifically split boarding. So this is going the hell into, is that? this is outside of resorts or controlled environments. This is going into the wilderness. And in, in a split board, what you can do is you the snowboard actually splits in two vertically. So it skis? It splits into skis effectively. And what you can do then is skin up hillsides. So you want to get up a mountainside. You you use the skis for that effect. You put the snowboard back together. You strap in. You go down. You snowboard down. So oh, I was just joking. It legit is skis and then snowboard. It's skis for the purpose of ascent or the purpose of movement to the place that you are going to snowboard. Huh. And I've wanted to do this for a long time, but it's sort of niche and it's kind of expensive to get that specific equipment. And I don't have anyone to do it with. And if you're not smart and I don't have high level avalanche training, you put yourself in danger if you don't know exactly what you're doing and you end up on the wrong side of an avalanche and you die, which yeah. certainly I don't want to do. Uh, and I definitely don't want to do in the context of being a, a father and husband responsible for the welfare of my family. Yeah, you've seen I Survived. Yeah, I don't want I to end up on, alive, that, yeah. on that show. But I found a guy who knows what he's doing in this way, uh, much like I found a guy who knows what he's doing with elk hunting. And so I'm exploiting their expertise oh. to achieve my ends. And um, and it'll probably be before the end of January that we do that. So hopefully I have a successful outing and I'm not dead in some sort of avalanche trauma. That would be which really, really bad. It'll be so bad you wouldn't even laugh about it. No, I would not <laughs> laugh about it because it would delete 100% of my income stream. Also because of our relationship. Oh, thank you for prioritizing. <laughs> but please, you know, you've, you've said, if I die, please politicize my death. You must politicize yeah, my death. I will. And I what say, would I even do with that, though? Well, I say if I die, just don't allow blonde to laugh about it on a stream. I don't care. About I would not. Honestly, <laughs> I don't want to show my vulnerability to people. But if you died, I would be devastated. Wow. Well, it would. The secret comes me. out. Well, we've been working together for almost seven years. I suppose. <laughs> um, Bonds do form. I know. Black magic. I don't get timed out often. But when I do get timed out, I would prefer it to be from an OG crew like Crow or Raggle Fraggle. At least I respect them. Fight me IRL, Jay Fry. <laughs> All in caps. <laughs> well, Jay Fry is as OG as they get, though. Jay oh, Fry yeah. has has been hanging out forever. But I, yeah, I, Since I assume. Since like week two. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. This is a real uh, paradox of enforcement because Jay Fry is the guy who does not like. Jay Fry is who, is who started the caps rule. He did. But if you He's super chat in all caps, can he do anything about that? I don't think so. Uh, or maybe he can, but he allows it because he's kind to the show. Well, thank you, Daniel Yeager. Thank Anybody you, going to do us a favor and nominate Lord of War for the movie review? I don't even know what it that. is, but it's uh, that is certainly uh, allowable. Welcome. Hmm. It looks like a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So, yes, somebody please do that. Laurel, Merry Christmas to all the mats of the world. I assume that you, you mean your uh, your boyfriend, 
fiance, husband. I don't know what they're. We've been told the relationship several times. And for some reason, it always escapes me. But one of those things. All the best to you and Matt, Laurel. And uh, appreciate uh, your support for the show. And, And Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Aggie Jet Pilot, no note. Thank you, Robin D. Bang. Social media was one program. There's sure, sure there are more. When the mainstream media spreads and censors the same things as social media pushes same propaganda, they're not talking because they do it. Another program. Yes. It, am I retarded? Hold on. Well, it's just no, talking about talking. how this isn't just them because they do it too. That's yeah, they're like part of the same scheme. It's not just that they uh, want to uphold the ideology that is served by people right. who maybe are unrelated to them. This. Would, what Robin is saying that is that the people at CBS, NBC, the rest who aren't reporting on it, that they're not just benefiting from this censorship scheme, that they are active participants. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't think that that's unreasonable at all. It, even if they aren't pulling the strings in the same way and having the same meetings, they're certainly beneficiaries for a number of reasons. For they, sure. If only that they love eliminating the competition. Yep. yep. So they've enjoyed this for, for that reason alone. Uh, did I say thanks to Aggie Jet Pilot or did I skip that on accident? Hmm. Uh, John, uh, Matt, it always ends in violence unless you can convince the other side to ask, am I the bad guy? Uh, sometimes you have to be okay being the bad guy. Well, Elk, he's coming. He's coming along, guys. Do you, though? I think you have to you have to have a moral conscience. You have to obey the moral rules of the universe. If you willingly accept the role of the bad guy and you don't begrudgingly do things that may incidentally be necessary in pursuit of larger moral truth. I'm not saying never and that rules can never be bent or even broken. I'm just saying that trajectories have to be maintained. And I I suspect John, if we spoke about this in detail, we'd probably agree on that, that, that what you're saying is when dealing with people who reject the world's moral framework entirely, violence is the inevitable way that that conflict is solved and if you reject the violent solution that these people insist on, you necessarily lose that fight. Therefore, you must be prepared for that fight and you must win that fight. The The moral trajectory of the universe depends on it. And, and I certainly agree with that general premise. I just don't want to get too comfortable with the concept of saying I'm the bad guy in pursuit of good ends. That is also how the world's greatest evil is built. And, and I don't. I don't want to be that. I, I want to pursue yeah. and uphold uh, the good guy rules. I hope we can get there. But I don't know that like uh, someone's capacity for evil is something that's developed over time or if it was something always innate to them. Hmm. Like, I don't think that I could ever warm myself up to like being a serial killer by going a little further each time. I, I, I don't think that's how evil is built. It's like you got it or you don't have it. Evil's not made, right? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I'm not saying that it's impossible that certain people are just born evil, morally bankrupt, however you want to characterize it. But I do think that people can rationalize themselves into it. Well, I'm just bending the rule this one time because I'm getting this perceived greater good out of it. Well, I did it that one time. So what's one more or one more? Well, you know, after all, I do have the power now to exercise against people I don't like. And what's the use of having the power if you don't exercise it? Oh, you're I probably right. I yeah. do and see a life sequence and allow people to create uh, like systems of rationality also. Yeah. I, I wouldn't characterize this as an either or though. I think there are probably examples of both. Robin D. Banks, if you doubt me, how many times do you need to see the same agenda, same symptoms, same talking points and ignorance and censorship? Mainstream media does it too. Just different program. 
probably been doing it longer. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't doubt the premise. I would not be shocked to learn it's 100% correct. Uh, Ruth KB. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Beatrice, Ruth. Thank you, Logan Orr. Uh, with a name like Roth. Come on, man. <laughs> Logan is uh, Logan is crafty. <laughs> that wasn't that crafty. If you start off that way, I'm not going to read the rest of it. You got to sneak it into the back end. At least that's what uh, Grant Wall's brother was saying, eh? Oh, that's what you were setting Ayo. up there. Okay, I was, yeah. I was, I was wondering uh, where you were going with that, but thank you for completing it. That's a Jay big game, man. <laughs> Remember the Time Magazine article quote: "They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears." Was this from the Fortification article? It sounds like it would fit in there. Yeah. Yeah, the, what we're seeing exposed at Twitter is all part of the fortification, not the yeah, cheating, really. not the rigging, but the fortification. Uh, thank you, Jay. Brian um, Irvin. Did we get Yidris, by the way? I'm old enough uh, to remember when Blonde. Oh, sorry, this one. I shouldn't. Uh, I broke the rule, but thank you, Yidris. Anyway, now that I've started, I have to just carry it through. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Blonde didn't realize there was a spray paint sound clip in the movie review intro. That was a great moment. Yeah. Man. Uh, that was recent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Irvin, do not gloat when your enemy falls, when they stumble. Do not let your heart rejoice or the Lord will see and disapprove and yeah. turn his wrath away from them. What? Turn his wrath away from whom? The people that he um, is causing to fall. Oh, turn his wrath away from. Yeah. See, you see what he's you're bringing upon us. Shit. That changes everything. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for the. Uh, the the scriptural clarity as wait, always wait. The, the more i rejoice yeah. in the failure of my enemies the less god is going to punish them that seems like bullshit and uh well i mean if anyone knows about god's bullshit it's blonde let me tell you <laughs> yeah i'm a <laughs> biblical scholar right listen here god let me tell you something <laughs> all right md we had ice dart guns since the 50s that are shot into the skin and dissolve they, the victim then dies of symptoms of a heart attack. Look up the church committee. Mm. They have video of the gun in Congress. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, I think it's more likely that the vaccine killed him, though. In uh, your upcoming uh, fictional story of similar theme? Correct. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Uh, Do you want to read some of these? I got to read them. I had not heard of that, though. I got to, uh, I need to, to check that out. I didn't know that we have examples of this. So maybe Muslim assassination is back on the table. Yeah. Although. I don't think so. To 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 borrow your analytical framework that you commonly deploy with demographic considerations in mind here, as in to say uh, the typical Islamic assassination method, is it that spy like? Is it that stealthy or is it like, get no, over here, I got stealthy. a sword for your throat? They had major reasons to be stealthy with Khashoggi. There were huge international implications, but like some homo wearing a T-shirt like... Mm. Do they care? No, that strikes me as uh, an opportunity for more traditional means that we yeah. see commonly. Not the ice dart gun. Although I'm interested Agreed. to learn about the ice dart gun. Chris, the trucker or Tad trucker, longtime listener, first time super chatter. Y'all are great. Your thoughts on the place, if any, atheist conservatives have in the conservative movement. Thanks and keep fighting the good fight. Um, thank you, Chris. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Not necessarily in the context of like conservatism or just, well, just the context of where your values come from. And that's why I'm so interested in finding out where mine come from. And that's why I'm doing the Bible study. 
I wouldn't characterize myself as an atheist or one or a person who ever has been, but someone who doesn't understand, or I suppose maybe even the, the term agnostic would apply that I didn't think it was possible to understand those questions of the origin of life and the origin of the moral framework that we all seem to obey. But I, the older I get, the more I have to find where that came from. I don't, um, I'm not ever going to to argue or disavow or distance myself from someone who I believe uh, demonstrates proper moral values and, and demonstrates sound political ideas. And I'm sure you probably do. I think the only thing that has to be answered for all of us is where does that come from? And the atheist answers that I've heard, and maybe there's a great one that I just haven't heard, I'm not particularly satisfied with that it's all a matter of evolutionary biology or a matter of some sort of chance in the universe. And there isn't some sort of originating point for all of that. I'm with you. It just seems like such a rudimentary worldview. Like you should graduate beyond that. When I meet an an atheist in his thirties or forties, it's like they're always some kind of man child. Hmm. Like from a, from a moral perspective, you haven't realized that, that this isn't it yet. Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to move on. From yeah, that Chris. Perspective, right? Figure it out. No, I, I appreciate it, Chris. And I understand what you're saying. Of course. Um, where, where does that stuff come from? Come from? I, I, I think we should all search for that answer. And as far as I know, Chris, you probably have the best answer that I've never heard. So I don't want to sound dismissive. I'm just explaining my perspective on how I think about that particular. Be Catholic, Chris. Yeah. Or Orthodox. C- convert to a lesser extent. Convert, yeah, loser. Get in. We're going converting. <laughs> the gun pointed at you. <laughs> Phil says, why is anyone surprised that Vijayjay and Roth treated their political enemies with such disdain? This is how a conquered people is always treated. Stop pretending that Indian people <laughs> and uh, chosen people are anything other than foreign elites here to subjugate Americans. Well, they certainly acted like they wanted to subjugate people if 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 only on twitter i suppose that would be the only qualifier i could say is they did it to they limited it to the domain that they controlled but to phil's point if you appointed vijayjay queen of the country and yoel her minion to enforce her whims do you think that they would afford you any form of due process better than what they afforded you on twitter i doubt it there would be drumhead trials resulting in like immediate executions yeah it would be uh Game of Thrones style justice for sure. Mike, you want to do one more and then I'll yeah, take Mike one. Hawk, four twenty blazon. <laughs> My friend sent me this, and this is a link to a YouTube video. Unfortunately, I can't look at it now, but uh, he says er, he sent me this earlier this week, and it really got me thinking. Where do we as a society draw the line between righteous justice and vengeance? Well, that's a great question too. And I, um, Mike, if you want to send me that YouTube link, I'll be able to check it out uh, if you send it to me by email uh, on my own time, and I'd be happy to do that because that's a question that. I want answered too. where how do we define the pursuit of justice versus the vice that is maybe vengeance itself isn't a vice, but certainly overly enthusiastic, disproportionate vengeance is absolutely a vice. And where, where and how are those lines drawn? I don't have great answers for that, but if someone thinks they do on YouTube, I'd like to watch it. Um, Sean Garvey, with the introduction of mail-out ballots, the establishment has put the final nail in the coffin of self-governance. They will always have enough ballots exactly where they need them to never lose power. You're there. You've arrived, Sean Garvey. That is the correct assessment of our political situation, um, which is why we either need to abandon it 
or cheat better? Well, we're going to find out because <laughs> I, I, I laugh every time I hear this candidate quality argument. And the people who believe that it was just poor quality candidates will counter and say, well, look at Georgia, for example, where Herschel Walker, a poor quality candidate, lost. But Brian Kemp won decisively. Raffensperger, the secretary of state, a Republican, won decisively. Republicans won all over the state, just not Walker, which points to candidate quality. OK, maybe there's something to it, but we're going to find out in 2024 because if we yeah. go into 2024 and Biden is reelected under the same circumstances or whoever the Democrats decide to run, maybe it's not him. And the other the other excuse is, oh, bad Senate map. It was just a map that was difficult for Republicans this time. Well, the 2024 map isn't. All right. My state of Montana is up. We have a Democrat incumbent, John Tester. He there's yeah, no way he should be times? getting elected in Ohio. Times? Democrat incumbent. My point is. If we have the same results in 2024 and we still hear this bad map, bad candidate quality bullshit. It's not going to it's going to be 2024. It's going to be 2026, hilarious. 2028. There, there's going to yeah. continue to do this. Uh, I I will. I'm I'm going to expect the same results until I see otherwise. But yeah, I would expect the same sort of, oh, man, tight race. But they found just enough ballots for an improbable, historically unprecedented result. But that's yeah, that's normal. I, Pick a better candidate next time. Okay. Yeah. Um, some rando. I will survive unlike anyone who has information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> we left the obvious joke on the table on once the table. again. Thank you for cleaning it up for us. Appreciate it. Kellowin, Gremlins, Die Hard, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation are the top three Christmas movies ever changed my mind. I'm not going try, try well, to try. What about It's a Wonderful Life? Haven't seen it. Um, what? But I, I, when we talked about shout out to our Australia group, who right? I, they told you that um, <laughs> that you were going to hate it because it wasn't always a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I forget right. exactly who said it, but you know who you are if you're listening. And it was it a was, great joke. Mr. Smegma Bukaki. Um, the the Australia group that we talked about last week. They said, don't don't let Matt watch It's a Wonderful Life. His crappy review will be, yeah, but his <laughs> life wasn't wonderful all the time. Which if it comes <laughs> up again, if I if I have to write an It's a Wonderful Life review, I'm gonna give you credit for that one. So funny. Um, Appreciate it. Eric Burns Skag, haven't you heard of dramatic license hashtag people with hyphenated name for Matt and Blonde. No, <laughs> we're going to be no hyphenated names that the are Matt dash blonde show hyphen uh, with a hyphen. Yeah. Um, dramatic license. I assume you're referring to gremlins, but, but yeah, I am granting it. My point is like all of my nitpicks are bullshit in comparison to the entertainment value. So that's why I'm granting it, but maybe you're referring to something else. If I'm getting the context wrong, I apologize. Um, Jay Thomas says, just watch bad Santa. Is that the one with Mel Gibson? No, that has um, what's his name? Uh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can see his stupid face. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Ah, yeah. okay, no. Holden Mulray. Um, high truth seekers. One can argue from the U.S. Constitution that two A is at least as fundamental as voting. So, what would it be like if the standards for each were linked? Um, I don't know. Background check, et cetera. Oh, uh, as in the gun control standards that we have applied to the voting standard. Well, of course, that would be called unconstitutional voting suppression by yeah. by progressives. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. That, um, and and even we don't have 
we don't have a bill of rights amendment on voting that is comparable to the second amendment. Now, of course, we have a guarantee of a Republican form of government, and it's not as though states can constitutionally become dictatorships. But the in the original design, states had wide latitude over how to handle their own voting rules and how to handle their election decisions. It was not up to the federal government to impose those things on the states. The states chose their representation by the methods that they saw fit to send to D.C. to represent them. So I, I would argue that the protection to vote is constitutionally weaker than the protection for self-defense and to arm yourself. Um, but, you know, it, it, you have to look in the emanations and penumbras, just like the right to an abortion. It's there. You just have to squint a lot. And suddenly you'll see that everything Georgia did was unconstitutional or some nonsense that even in the context of massive voter turnout in Georgia, which it was for this midterm, there's still people saying that they suppressed voters in That's Georgia. Absurd. Yeah. Um, I got to reload. Do you want to take the rest? Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric Burns Marsh says, oh, yeah, we got him. Thank you, Eric. Uh, incompetent hand says. Matt's uh, hang up on the water is making me rethink my signs choice, but I need a Mel Gibson vehicle for blonde. Have a great week, guys. Uh, as in signs as a top movie for you. Is that's the Mel Gibson alien movie? Is that what that is? Yeah. Have we watched any of the Mad Maxes? No, they were up for a vote, but they were never chosen. Okay. Come on, guys. Hmm. Esoterica Unbound says, I must, uh, excuse me. It must've been hell playing Santa for you two kids. Uh, Musk spends billions of dollars, uh, a corporate cesspit to clean up some of the leftist corruption, but he just can't shovel through your crap fast enough to earn your respect. No, no, it's not. And I, I, I grant that I've been critical of, of Musk, especially the last couple of weeks. And I, I understand that for me to criticize the presentation of the Twitter files is a little bit nitpicky because it's prioritizing presentation over the evidence that we're gaining and the facts of the matter. So I'll grant that for sure. But the reason I'm so pissed off at Elon is because of the absolute ridiculous hypocrisy of the Kanye ban. And it's not just that he banned him, but the reason right. that the he reason offered he banned that it was bullshit made up incitement. Now we get the Twitter files released that say, Oh look, they made up a bullshit incitement charge on Trump. And that's why he's gone. Isn't that bad? Right. It's exactly yeah. what he did with Kanye. You yeah. just did that last week. And I know that the scale is different and I know that Elon's transparency is greater and I'm trying to. In these situations, the it is yeah. vital for him to be principled and consistent and transparent yeah. or this is not going to work for anybody nobody's going to regain trust in twitter yeah and i understand that we might see some improvements now but i need to be persuaded that elon is sincere about the principles that he explained otherwise similar problems are going to emerge later i know that you might treat what happened to trump differently from what happened to kanye but the principles of it are exactly the same and until we yeah. clean those up I can't be confident that these same sorts of problems won't return, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as, as fair and honest about the rest of the Twitter developments as I can without, there's just so much Elon cheerleading too. I know. It's like you go on Twitter and it's just everybody absolutely bending over for this guy. Every single thing he tweets begging for attention and what? Oh, I just lost internet for a second. Oh, well I was talking about people bending over for Elon Musk. Do you care to elaborate? Gross. Uh, <laughs> it's just like we don't. No, have to, I, I agree with you. He yeah. shouldn't be worshipped. I can say he's doing 
On balance, I think he's doing a lot of good things. There's one major failing in there that I really don't like. Actually, a couple, because it wasn't just Kanye. It's the refusal to let Alex Jones go back on and some other of the the censorship hypocrisies. But yeah, yeah. anyway, thank you, Esoterica. I always welcome your comedic criticism. Mark Duquesne says, uh, candidate quality is a cover for the uniparty candidates. They don't need to cheat to keep out of office. Rhinos aren't better candidates. They just benefit from the same rigged system as Democrats. Yeah, there might be something to that. I don't think that that's way off either because we do see a, the sort of a alliance among these powers to maintain the status quo. Okay. And we're going to see how that plays out potentially with the new Congress coming up next month. Okay. Uh, that's all for chats. Uh, appreciate fuck? your support for the show, guys. Why? Did you lose connection again? I just keep losing internet. Oh, well, yeah. you're you're still fine on my end, so the stream is fine. Uh, appreciate you guys over on DLive as well, and uh, technical difficulties aside, I think we're all set to get out of here anyway, so unless you have more to say on anything. Nope. Okay. Well, we will call it there. Appreciate everyone's contributions to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us live. Thanks for your chats. Thanks for your super chats. Of course, your jokes and your factual contributions as well. Appreciate all of that. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for tuning in and for supporting the show. If you just can't get enough, you need more to listen to. Well, you're in luck. There is more to listen to. You can head on over to the audio platforms of the show linked in the description and over on the podcast page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. You'll find extra material you might not find on YouTube, including the Wednesday call-in show replays and some of Blonde's interviews and other things. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything else show related, the website is where you find it. MattChristensenMedia.com. We will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.